Hey guys, brand new podcast. I'm starting my tour. By the way, Vegas, uh, the 25th of September. And then we kick it off. Montgomery, Alabama, Augusta, Georgia, West Virginia, North Carolina, Atlanta. I, I, gotta, I should memorize these dates. Old Burt Kreischer would memorize these dates. Go to BurtBurtBurt.com, get tickets. I want to thank everyone for coming to Red Rocks. I want to thank every single one of you that bought tickets. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. It was the greatest experience in my professional life. It was the coolest fucking thing. We'll have a video up soon on my Instagram. But thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you to everyone that's bought tickets. Thank you across the board. It means the world to me. Um, and it's it's and it's if it's not lost on one person, it's not lost on me. I know how hard it is to sell tickets. And I and and I also want to just reach out and say one time. <coughs> Sorry, I'm coughing. Rosebud, our guest today, was smoking a vape. I can't be around vapes. I, but I also have, she asked at the very beginning, can I can I vape? And I go, yeah. But then I go, it's disgusting. But I, but the thing is, when people vape, it gets in my lungs real quick. Really? It's not even that crazy of a vape either. It's, it's not. like one of those big it's battery not. ones. But um, but it's not lost on me. So so, thank you. And, and for all you guys, I, I post a lot of promotional videos. Probably more promotional videos than than other content but i try to make my promotional videos funny i try to make them enjoyable my goal is i don't ever want to leave augusta georgia on october 7th and the next day get an email saying hey when are you coming to augusta georgia because i, I want to make sure you reach out because i know as a fan of jeff Tweedy's, that jeff Tweedy could post every single day that he's coming to los angeles and it would not bother me i'd simply go that's right. I don't want to forget that I have those tickets. Because uh, have you ever have you ever bought tickets to a show and missed the show and forgot you had tickets to the show? Yeah, I've done that before. Fuck. So that's why I po- post so aggressively about shows. Um, but Red Rocks was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. We are going to do a thing. Obviously, Norm Macdonald passed today. I could sit here and and talk for one hour about how much that guy meant to me, how much I respected him how privileged I felt to have met him and known him and texted with him. We talk a little bit about that, about Norm on the podcast today. But instead, what I'm going to do is we'll do an open tabs this week and we'll just celebrate Norm the entire day. And and we'll just, we'll go through my favorite Norm clips. And there are a ton. I remember old open tabs. Um, we pulled up that one, the Hillary Clinton bit that he did on that like talk show or something. He just started talking shit about the Clintons oh. and just would not stop. He talked shit about the Clintons aggressively. It was great. He did it one time in the green room with me, Rogan, Burr. Like all of us were in the green room. Everyone's in the green. Joey Diaz. Everyone's in the goddamn green room. And he takes a hit of a vape pen and says, makes a statement about the Clintons. And we fell out fucking laughing. Norm MacDonald was an absolute legend uh, and is without a doubt one of my favorite favorite fucking comics favorite 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 fucking comics and we do talk a little bit about that but i will go into greater detail i think it's worth doing an open tabs and celebrating norm's life because he is that fucking good by the way we could do we and i'm being very serious it would have to be a five hour open tabs to cover all the great shit he did what a gangster cancer for nine years doesn't tell a fucking soul 
they don't make men like that anymore right like i get cancer you know i'm gonna go fucking public with it and be like hey everybody uh, you know i that's, i mean i I just my instinct I mean, you can't shame someone for doing that but it's a badass fucking move norm mcdonald fucking loved he was a true comic spirit we'll, we'll do we'll do this on an opens tabs yeah I don't want to spend the intro of Rosebud Baker, who's got a brand new special, who's a brilliant comic also, brand new special called Whiskey Fists on Comedy Central, but streaming on YouTube right now. Link in the description below. Link in the description below. Rosebud Baker's um, Instagram is just like it looks, Rosebud Baker. Uh, she's got 49,000 followers right now. See if we can bump her up to 50. Give her a follow. She is a very, very, very cool chick. And she is coming on tour with me, I think, for the DC, New York, Boston run, I think. And, and hopefully more. We I've always been hesitant to invite a girl to live in the, a woman to live in the bus with us because we're so disgusting. But I think Rosebud might be the right fit. Yeah, definitely. I think so. I think so. So uh yeah. That's it. Am I forgetting anything? Check out my wife's podcast, Wife of the Party. She is a gangster. We talk positively about you on this podcast, really positively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I say that you have a, a short list every day, and I am on the top of the list. You do everything to take care of me. The only shortcoming is that I think you're so busy working that list that sometimes affection is like at the bottom of the list of like going up and rubbing my back and be like, hey, baby, how you doing? And she was saying she is the opposite. And I was saying I am the opposite, where I come up and I'm affectionate, but I don't, I don't think about myself the majority of the day. I think you think about other people the majority of the day. You'll hear it on the podcast, everybody. Um, I hope you enjoy it. Check out Whiskey Fists. Find Rosebud. You can a link in her in description below. Get her on Instagram. Follow her there. And then there's a link in her bio on Instagram. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado. Oh, by the way, I should note. I think the podcast gets pretty deep like two hours in. Yeah, for sure. The, for the sure. podcast is light lifting a little business at hand and i think it's because i'm not doing a lot of podcasts these days you know but it about two hours in we get pretty deep we talk about the loss of her sister um we talk about um we talk it gets really good the relationship with their family relationship with their family yeah what mourning is like what finding out you lost a sibling feels like it was really an intense interview it's a really great interview i love rosebud and she is absolute. She is absolutely hilarious. So check out her new special, Whiskey Fists, streaming right now on YouTube. Check it out on Comedy Central, ladies and gentlemen. Without further ado, my friend, stand-up comedian, podcaster. Check out her podcast of uh, Find, Find Your, Your Beach. Beach, Rosebud Baker. This is. I, by the way, I find vaping so disgusting. You and do? I know that I know that you were trying to quit vaping I know. during the pandemic because yes. of COVID. Yeah. And you don't look like a vapor. Is it because you gave up alcohol? No, I just don't want to keep doing this. I do it's disgusting. you're right. It's it disgusting. Is so, but it's so like it can I tell you honestly, when yeah. I see someone vape, I just go, I like I was watching this guy sitting outside the Denver airport. We just flew back from Denver. Yeah. And he was just sitting there and I was like, I was like, God, what a cool looking dude. And then he hits this fucking, 
he hits like a cell phone in his hand and then this billow of smoke comes out and i'm like bro you should be smoking a cigarette did you smoke cigarettes before yeah why did you put it no but here's the the worst part i'm just checking to make sure i don't have a like egg mcmuffin in my teeth um okay i'm fine uh no i i smoked for seven years i quit for three totally quit never touched a cigarette then did a cross-country trip with my friend and uh just decided I'm gonna buy a logic, like one of those like logic, really <clears throat> early vapes. Yeah, that yeah, looked yeah, like yeah. a pencil and fucking puffed on that the whole trip. And then I've been doing it ever since. For like, real. It is the hardest thing to quit. Is it do you feel healthier vaping? Uh no. I mean, than I never cigarettes? feel fully healthy. Like my adrenals, I live in a way where like my adrenals are constantly just getting fucking blasted. Yeah. I don't um I never rest. I never like stop so i don't ever feel in top form you know really yeah so funny i was thinking about you today mm-hmm. i was uh hung over from last night uh-huh. debating whether or not i was going to drink tonight uh-huh and i thought i wish i had rosebud's energy because i was like, i always think that about you no i was i mean no i was thinking i was like she doesn't drink she all she does is vape she probably gets great night's sleeps <laughs> No. Not at all? Not at all. This is the craziest part is like you, every time I see you, you are like steaming some poison out of your body and like somehow going to do like six different, shooting six different things, podcasting, raising a family and then- and doing all of that, and I'm like, I would have killed myself three years ago if I was Bird Kreischer. Like, it's, I would have, I, I would have just, just ended it just to take a long nap. So I didn't, I never realized what I never realized. I have anxiety, and so I, I think that if I'm not moving, mm-hmm. I'm like a shark. If I'm not moving, yeah, then I, I start getting very depressed. Like, yeah. Um, the other day we flew back from Denver. We landed. I drank on the plane. I took a nap. I woke up. And I had nothing to do for the rest of the day. Yeah. And I was lose. I actually was losing my mind. I was like, I was like, this fucking house sucks. Why did we move? We should have been in the small house. Everyone's in their own rooms. I can't see anybody. I don't feel like anything's comfortable because I haven't lived here yeah. yet. And I'm leaving. I leave in like a week or yeah. two weeks to go on the road for until April. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, and I was just like, and I was like, hold on. I was like, I think you're not. You're any. I'm being idle. Yeah. And so I went out, I turned on a sauna. I got in the sauna, sauna for 30 minutes, got in the polar plunge. I can't, I haven't been able to work out because of my arm. Right. I just, I took my brace off for this. Yeah. But, uh, and so I'm working out. If I can't work out, I am literally depressed. I'm the same way with working out. I have to work out. Um, I'm totally the opposite when it comes to like not moving. When I, when I have a second to like, if I have a full day of nothing, I will literally do nothing. Really? I will literally sit on the couch and I don't feel any guilt. I don't feel any sort of anxiety about it. It's it's the it's the planning of the next day. If somebody asks me, what do you have on your schedule for tomorrow? Yeah, I will lash out like I'm like, I don't have anything today. Really? Don't talk to me about tomorrow. Did you enjoy the quarantine? I loved it for like three weeks. And then I was like. I don't like this anymore, you know, but for three weeks, I really loved it. And then, and then I just kept doing things that I like, I will fill my schedule with stuff that makes me happy, but I'm I'm not just going to fill it with anything. I was busier. I was, I was busier in the quarantine than I am out. I kind of felt that way. Like I was like, you know, 
I got married. I did. Uh, I did my special. I did. I started a podcast. I, I, I followed you a lot during the quarantine. Yeah. I actually same. followed you a lot during the quarantine. And I don't know why you do a podcast with your husband, right? Yeah. And, and I don't know what, I don't know what drew me to it. I'll tell you what, you and him had a fight one time about him hiding your vape. Yeah. And it was just so real. I, I whatever, I wish there was a, an algorithm where I could tell you what works on Instagram, <laughs> yeah. but he was trying to get you to vape, quit vaping because of COVID. I gave him my vape. I said, don't give it, don't give this to me. Yeah. Please don't give this to me. And then you guys got into a fight and he gave it. He, it was like five hours <laughs> after I, after I told him like, do not give me the vape. Oh, that's hilarious. And I, I just spent the rest of the day just trying to convince him to give it back. Like it took so long. He, he really held up his end of the promise yeah. until I was making his life harder by just asking him over and over and over again yeah. and finding different ways to ask him. Like, so we, wait, were you in New York the whole time during the COVID? No, I started in LA. I mean, we started, I was in LA from January of 2020 through May of 2020, went back to New York only because I started to get really scared. Like I was like, if this is really as deadly as they're saying it is, yeah. then I want to be somewhere where if I do die, people can smell me, you know? I want to be close, to, <laughs> close enough. That's great to people where they'll be like, somebody died. Yeah. You know, I just thought if I'm in LA, they're gonna be like, it's gonna be like weeks can go go oh, by. Yeah, that, that's what happened to Lane Staley. Oh shit! You know who Lane Staley is no. Lane Staley is um, god damn it, that's a fucking depressing thought. You do want to, yeah. You want people to know you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so. That is crazy. I like, was engaged, but I was still <clears throat> thinking like a single person, you know? Because Lane Staley was dead for like, what? You, do you know the story about Lane Staley? Do you know, do you know who Lane Staley no, who, is? Who is? Lane that? Staley was the lead singer of Alice in Chains. Oh, okay. Fucking brilliant. But have you ever listened to the song Rooster? Mm, well, probably. Here comes the rooster. Yes, absolutely. Oh. Yeah. I know he ain't gonna <laughs> die. Well, that song was written by the guitarist for his dad his dad was in vietnam and his dad's nickname in vietnam was the rooster okay i guess because he was up early every morning right sweet. and um but lane staley's the lead singer lane staley was addicted to heroin he in his addiction lost his arm lost one of his arms what from from tracks? shooting up shooting yeah. up heroin and was like i think 80 pounds i mean my, my recollection's off 80 pounds and then passed away in his in his apart in his apartment in hollywood and no one found him for a while. Yeah. And you're just like, I didn't even think about that. And we're yeah. talking about, we before the started, we were talking about Norm passing away. Mm -hmm. How great that he passed away with family and friends. You, yeah. That's how you want to go. Yeah. Oh, that's how you want to go. Jesus Definitely. Christ. There's been I, so much death in comedy lately. I mean, I think about it this way. I think like there's so many people who, even since I started, which was only nine years ago, where like I remember stories and friends of mine from those stories which were pretty recent like they're gone like yeah. they died and i'm like comedians die so young like a lot of us die really young yeah. and we're really lucky to make it as like norm being 61 i mean that's, that's like so, 92 that's in civilian so, that's years so fucking young in civilian years it, like that's no one dies at 61 i mean i mean not no one but like the idea of dying at 61 do you you haven't even Right. Like my dad's 74 right. and he's still got time. Yeah. I meant like comedian years. It's no. Like, yeah. 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 It's but, like, I mean, look at, think of all the people we lost. Geraldo, 
um, Patrice, mm-hmm. uh, and Todd Lynn. Yeah. I don't know if you remember him. He was probably before your time. Yeah. And you're lucky. <laughs> I mean, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> he could be brutally mean. <laughs> That's the worst part is all the mean ones die. It oh, feels Patrice like all the was, mean ones die. Patrice was a fucking bully. And those are the ones you need. But Greg Giraldo was the sweetest guy. Yeah. In the world. Sweetest. He's he like, had he had an edge. There was like a little suspect, you know, like he 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 knows what are you doing, Bert? What's the deal here? You know? Yeah. But there was he was the sweetest guy. And yeah. uh and Norm. Did you get a chance to meet Norm? I never got a chance to meet him. Oh I'm so bummed about it. He was fucking awesome. Yeah. He's you know, it's so funny. I I I posted something about some Vegas show, but my, my company posted it for me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't posting. I wasn't thinking about posting. Right. I was watching Norm clips. And then my company hit me up and like, hey, we're getting a little pushback from fans saying you haven't posted anything about Norm. And then I was like, it's not my responsibility to. Right. I don't grieve. I don't grieve out loud. So you know that. I'm, like, what a fucking That's such weird- bullshit. He's he deals silently with cancer for nine years and the fans can't deal with one day of <laughs> he like, deals silently with would cancer you guys nut the fuck up please i mean it's why do we have to we're not journalists no and how the fuck do you know how you might we're as speechless as you are i was floored i was like what yeah and then and it's funny uh ari had the fucking funniest reply <laughs> we texted it to a group of comics and ari wrote back not clicking that i'm sure it's some black guy's cock <laughs> And we're like, no, he's actually dead, Ari. And he's like, oh fuck, are you serious? <laughs> and because there's, there's no way Norm would die. I, 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 I know. I would. I totally get why he wrote that. Yeah. And he's been dealing with with it for nine years. Yeah. His Netflix series, uh, the Norm Show, whatever, yeah. where, where it was, uh, I think it was called the Norm Show. Yeah. Norm McDonald has a show. Yeah. Where yeah, yeah where he interviews people was yeah. fucking brilliant. His internet show where he was with Adam and they would just interview celebrities yeah. was fucking brilliant. Right. Him, him walking into, he'd walk into the green room at the store yeah, and take it over and not, right. not in like a, not in like a peacocking kind of way, Yeah, but just in like a, everyone wanted to listen to what he had to say. Yeah. He just has charisma. <clears throat> he's got this kind of like, and he's also, what I love about him is that he doesn't, whatever your expectation is, he's like he acts in a way that's going to defy that expectation. Whatever it is that you think he's going to say or do, he does the opposite. And that to me is like, I like what he said about it being braver to conceal everything. Cause I'm the opposite. I'll tell people everything. Right. Me too. Yeah. (laughs) I just want people to know all my fucking business Uh, uh, to a massive flaw for me. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's like, that's where I, that's my way into my own humor. But I envy that ability to like keep it all, to play everything close to the chest. You know, it's like, it reminds me of that fucking Sopranos, like the first episode of Sopranos when Tony's like, what happened to all the Gary Coopers of the world? You know, and it's like, you battle with cancer for nine years without telling anybody, like you're the Gary Cooper of comedy. So great. It's the, I mean, that's the fucking normist way to go out. Yeah. He have you ever did you ever see his roast of uh of Bob Saget? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I was watching He was he was I haven't seen it in a while. Well the, the the best part about it is I and I I was a big podcast fan around that. I still am, I still am, but I listened to everyone. And there's a great bit online I was watching the other day or today 
rather. And he was doing jokes. He was deconstructing. He was deconstructing jokes. Right. This, you know, it's something very interesting because I was watching your jokes the other day that you have a joke. You have a joke. I forget what the joke is. One of the ones you posted online. And right. I was like, I was like, fuck, man, I wish I had that premise. I would never have let go of that. I would have get. I would have just chunked that up. I was like, yeah. she, she bailed out too quick. For me, I'm yeah. like, oh, I would have done five. That would have been a 12 minute bit. Which, which joke my, was it? I don't know. Which I'm, I'm, I should go see which ones you posted. Was it the suicide one? Um, I don't know. It's there. There's one that I posted <coughs> about um, wanting to uh, that I I called a suicide hotline, and like they they said that suicide's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Yeah. And I was like, that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> was that the bit? No, that's not the bit. No. I'll, I I just typed in Norm. <laughs> it's totally understandable. But um, but Norm you're gonna get a much better joke if you search for that. Norm changed the way I wrote. Um, it was it had to be something. I think I I I don't know which joke it was, but it had to be one of you you interacting with somebody because might've been you calling the suicide hotline mm -hmm. because anytime I have an interaction, I, that is how I do material uh -huh. and I chunk it up. So I was watching Norm and I was saying, and I was saying, and so my instinct is always what I do. And then I look at other people and I go, oh yeah, sometimes the right move is to get in and out of a joke. Like when I watched your thing, I was like, oh, she left way so much meat on the bones. And then I was like, Oh no, I bet she wrote that and then was like, all that shit's just extra meat. Let me just tell you the joke. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes that's the best way to approach it. So I was I was while I was watching Norm when I did my last special. And I said, um, I loved how he could set up an, a, a traditional joke. Guy walks guy walks into a bar. Have you right. ever heard the joke? Have you ever heard the joke um about the the doghouse from Norm? Which one? This is my favorite joke. This is my not favorite not joke. Not Hitler's dog. Not that nope, one. Nope. This is my favorite. This is one of my favorite jokes ever. I have like a handful of favorite jokes. Yeah. Norm says, and this is the way Norm would do a joke. He would, he would structure it, structure it as a traditional joke. Yeah. Um, he goes, he goes, I got a new neighbor. Saul ran into him the other day. I said, hey, neighbor. He said, hey, Norm. And he said, so neighbor, what are you doing? And the guy says, I work uh, down at the school uh, for, of logic. And he goes, you do? He goes, yeah, I'm a professor of logic. And he goes, what, what is that? And he goes, well, Norm, it's hard for me to explain. It's easier for me to explain to you. He goes, Norm, do you have a doghouse? He goes, you've never heard this joke? No. He goes, you have a doghouse? And Norm goes, uh, I do. He goes, well, then, Norm, logically, I can deduce that you have a dog? And he goes, uh, I do. And he goes, well, if you have a dog, then I'm assuming you got kids, Norm. And he goes, I do have kids. And he goes, well, then logically, I can assess that you're married. You married, Norm? And he goes, I am. And he goes, well, then logically, I can guess you're a straight male. And he goes, I am. And he goes, well, that's what I do, Norm. Norm goes, fascinating. <laughs> so the next day, he's out at the bus stop. And he runs in. Norm runs into his another neighbor. And the neighbor goes, Norm, <clears throat> see, we get a new neighbor? And he goes, I did. And he goes, uh, what does he do? Norm goes, well, he works. Down at the school of logic. He's a professor of logic. <laughs> the guy goes, what's that? And Norm goes, well, it's kind of hard for me to explain. It's easier for me to just show you. He goes, well, let me ask you something, friend. He goes, do you have a doghouse? He goes, I don't. And Norm goes, well, then you're a homosexual. 
So, oh my god! So I fell in love with that joke, and I fell in love with it so hard that I, 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 I vowed to write. Uh, like at first, I started. I, I talked to Stanhope, and Stanhope was saying that he wanted to write. Uh, he was trying to write knock knock jokes. He's like, we we should be able to write those, right? Right. Like we're funny. We're probably funnier than those guys. Yeah. And so I said, I want to write guy walks into a bar joke. Mm-hmm. Like I want to do a norm joke. A uh, guy who meets his new neighbor, but it's it's me. I want this. I'm going to tell it the As way you. I tell a joke. Yeah. But I want a guy walks into a bar, and I had an interaction at Starbucks that was that. I walked into Starbucks three times, uh-huh. right? First time, second time, third time, and then. And I just structured it that way as in a guy walks into a bar and I was so fucking proud of that joke. I was so fucking proud of that joke. Yeah. But um, but that's what, the beauty of what Norm did. And in this roast, he deconstructed roast, roast. jokes. Yeah. He said, uh, Susie Essman's here. Uh, they say she's a vegetarian. I don't know. I think she's full of baloney. <laughs> so like they weren't mean right. jokes. They were roast jokes, but yeah. they weren't very technically mean. And so he'd go... Um, Bob Saget, uh, let me tell you something. If you ever walk in to use a restroom and it says gentlemen, well, you can walk in there still. <laughs> like it was just like they say Cloris Leachman's over the hill, not in the car I saw her driving in. She wasn't over the hill at all. You're just like, like, it's just, it's like, and 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 Artie Lang said, so so the next day, Stern kind of trashed um Norm and said right. Norm bombed on the Bob Saget roast. Mm-hmm. And uh no and Artie Lang said, no, that was the bravest thing he could have done. And Stern was like, brave? And he goes, yeah, because idiots like you were going to think he bombed. Right. He didn't bomb. He killed for us. Yeah. And it was like, all his jokes were like that. And then even Jim Norton comes out and he goes, Norm, watching you do stand-up is like watching Henry Fonda pick blueberries. <laughs> and Norm had never seen on Golden Pond. And he goes, what? I think everyone would like to see Henry Fonda pick blueberries, right? Because he didn't get it. <laughs> He was the fucking greatest. Yeah, he's just like, he was just so, um, he was kind of a shit eater, you know? Yeah. Oh, he. Like, I love, I like that. I like the, uh, the willingness to just eat shit a little bit. And it's, and it's not the, when I say that, I, if you're doing it on purpose, it's not the same thing, you know? Yeah. Um, I remember one of the jokes that I could, I couldn't tell it like word for word, so I won't try, but there's a joke in Hitler's dog where he uh, he says, he does this whole act out and he goes, the punchline is, can you put into the contract um, that I'm sad? <laughs> and it's like, like that line alone as a performer is one of the funniest lines oh. I've ever heard. Can you put into the contract that I'm sad? <laughs> he it just made me like, it's so funny. He's so good, oh, he and he's did, so. Um, he did the he did the ESPN ESPYS. Yeah, and he said Charles Charles Woodson, I think, won the Heisman Trophy award, and he mm-hmm. goes Charles Woodsman Woodson, congratulations on winning the Heisman Trophy award. You know, no one can take that away from you, unless of course you murder your ex wife and a waiter. <laughs> and you're just like, <laughs> he, he just. He, yeah. he's the, when the guy tried to fire him, when the guy fired him from yeah. that ran in when he came back to SNL, the guy, he got fired from SNL, right? Right. But he came back to host later. Did he you, came back to host. Yeah. But the guy that fired him said, said, Norm, you're not funny. And Norm said, yeah. And you think OJ didn't kill his wife. <laughs> so I'm not listening to you. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And then when he comes back, he does. I was watching the speech earlier today. He was like, 
he's on SNL hosting and he's like, how did I go from being not funny enough to enter the building to funny, funny enough to host the show? And he goes, (laughs) the truth is I didn't get funnier. The show is just not funny. And that's, (laughs) and people are booing. You hear audible boos. And then and he's like, well, we got a bad show for you guys tonight. And he's like, <laughs> he was, his, he had here. so many fucking jokes. I'm dedicating, um, I'm dedicating a, one of my open tabs episodes to just norm jokes. Yeah. He goes, they say orange is the new black. Not in my building. Freddie's the new black. <laughs> <laughs> he has such, so, so last thing yeah. I'll say about norm, last thing I'll say about norm, but I, so I had never met him. I was a huge fucking fan. Yeah. I'd never met him. And then he got in trouble with, uh, with Netflix. He had the thing and he's, I don't know what he, I don't even remember what he said. Oh, I don't really don't remember. Oh, he said that he supported Louie and then he got in trouble. Right. Yeah. And, that was his, he got, it was like people were attacking him for, um, you know, having nuanced perspective. Yeah. And, <laughs> and we had, he had tweeted me a couple times. Mm-hmm. Him and Artie had tweeted me for like weird things i don't know and and i had i had met him i I had met him i think i'd already met him yeah and and then i i went out in support of him and i tweeted put out a tweet saying norm Norm mcdonald's the funniest guy i don't know what i said but yeah and then he dm'd me and he said you know something very sweet and said like this and then i said thanks norm and and then he just wrote back and i and i texted rogan and Segura and Ari and I was like dude check out the text I just got from Norm McDonald yeah and they're like holy shit like you fucking know Norm and I was like yeah (laughs) as soon as I said yeah I get a text from Norm I hope I get to meet you one day and I go god damn it so then I show it to them so then the next text I send them is hey man we're doing a show um for St. Patty's Day Mm -hmm. for my special was airing St. Patty's on St. Patty's Day and I was doing a huge multimedia event at the store to promote my special Mm -hmm. and stay at home orders kicked in on like the 15th or the 13th. Yeah. So the morning of this at the, that no one's leaving the house on the 17th. Right. Which was turned out to be better for my special than anything I could have done. Right. Um, and Norm texts me the morning of the 17th. He goes, I'm at the store ready to drink. Where are you? (laughs) And I just wrote back. It's not happening. He goes, for real? Are you listening to those stay at home orders? (laughs) He was just, the, he was the absolute, it's funny great. when you think about, like, when I think about you, I, it's so hard sometimes to wrap your head around the different types of people that get into stand-up. Like, yeah. what, what got you into stand-up? Like, I know me, but like, here's the thing. Mine's a cheat code, because I was written up in Rolling Stone magazine, Oliver Stone Option the Rise to My Life. I moved out to New York, Will, and then I was like, I want to do stand-up. I said it in the, the magazine, I want to do stand-up, and then I got into stand-up. And then I had, like, a huge wave behind me. Right. Of like reasons I should do stand up. Yeah. Yeah. What got you into stand up? I also had a huge wave of reasons to get into stand up, but none of them were good. You know what I mean? It was all um, things weren't going the way I planned. So I think there's, you know, you had a wave of support. Yeah. I had a wave of um, just I a total loss of pride, you know, and I just thought, well, what is there to lose by trying this thing? And then I just kept going because I have such an addictive personality that yeah. 
I was like, I'll just do this until I decide what I'm really going to do with my life. Really? Yeah. Sweet. So you grew up in, in Virginia? I grew up in Virginia. Yeah. And, uh, and outside DC, outside DC. Mm -hmm. Was your dad a politician or something? My granddad was, okay. my granddad was uh secretary of state under George Bush senior. George Bush senior. Yeah. Hold on. I wonder if my, I guarantee you my uncle knows your dad, granddad. Probably. Sweet. Jim Baker. I don't I I'm, I don't know anything about politics. Yeah. I mean, neither do I. People are like Is any is it the Baker Act when you get put in jail because you're crazy? Cuz there's a thing in Florida called the Baker Act. To be honest, I wouldn't know the answer to that. Like oh, yeah. when people if I go like, "Do you know who my granddad is?" I'm genuinely asking. Like I don't <laughs> like I'm, I I really want to know. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like um it's one of those things that I've talked about on stage cuz it's it's a unique part of my life. But when things are, uh, you know, I'm not like close with my family. I'm not that close with them. I, I've been sort of forced into closeness with them through my husband who like family really matters to him. And I, I got married cause I wanted to start a new family yeah. and not do the family that I was born into. Really? But my husband is like a very family oriented guy and he he wants to be involved and he wants really? to know everybody and he wants to like have dinner together and go camping and all this shit. And I'm like, okay, well, I just picked, I picked a guy who's like, this is the lesson I guess that yeah. I'm going to get from this. And it's been really valuable to me because interesting. my whole identity, I really wanted to get as far away from my family as possible. Like really? I don't, I, yeah, I didn't really want to like, I didn't fuck with them like that. Really? Yeah. Big family. Um, big family. I have four sisters. Oh my uh, God. Yeah. Four younger sisters. Oh my God. For real? Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was like, we had like a, a big suburban that said six chicks on the license plate. Everybody knew us as the Baker girls. Everyone knew, the, knew the family as like the Baker girls and everybody knew our See, business. I fucking and what was, always wanted that. Yeah. I always wanted that in life. And I, it's so funny. It's chaos. It's, really. it's funny what you think you want or what your parents want isn't the thing the child wants. Yeah. I don't even know if it's what my parents wanted really. Like really? I know it's what my dad wanted. I'm not sure. I mean, I know my mom loved being pregnant and I know that she doesn't regret having as many children as she did, but she was a painter and an artist and she gave all of that up to like raise her kids. Yeah. And I think as a, as one of the only people in my family that was like, well, at the time, the only like creative kid, I was like, that sucks. Like that bums yeah. me out. My mom, my same thing with my mom. <clears throat> my mom was a singer, uh -huh. um, singer, songwriter in Philly during like the time when, you know, the hippies were coming in and yeah. that's what she wanted to do. And her dad was like, no, nah, you're not going to, you're going to go to, you're going to get married. You're going to go to college. And, yeah. and, and, and that was, and, and I think in that days, and I bet your mom's probably, how old's your mom? Do you know? 60 something. Yeah. Your mom probably just didn't have a lot of opportunities to be an artist back then. Yeah. And that, that well, she had, no, she had her own business when she and my dad got married. She was like doing murals. Was in, your dad in, in politics? Like places in New York. My dad was a lawyer. Um, he wanted to be an environmental lawyer. And then my mom started having more kids and he was like, oh, I'm going into corporate law, yeah. you know, which if he had stayed in environmental law, I think at this point, tons of money yeah. in environmental law yeah, not but at the time it was like that's like granola shit you know like don't nobody wants any part of that so so hippies. did you 
So what kind of, because I, I, what kind of high school kid were you? I was like a stoner, you know? Really? Yeah. I always smoked. I smoked a lot of weed. I was like, apathy was cool. You know, I, uh, I like, I spent 9-11 in an abandoned house smoking weed. I had no idea what the fuck was going on. You know, I was like, I started off high school. Uh, my parents told me I needed to do a sport. I did not play sports. I did. I was like, okay, I'll be a cheerleader. I did that for about a year. Yeah. Not even. I did it for like one semester. I got benched for making uh, a joke. It was not a good joke. And um, I got in trouble <laughs> and I got benched from the cheerleading squad. And uh, and then while I was like sitting there watching this fucking game, I was like, I don't I I don't want to do this. Like, I don't. And I'm, I just decided, fuck this. I, I left that. And then I just started smoking weed and I got really good at smoking weed. And um, that was like my skill. <laughs> And so, so you were, that was my activity. You were a big stoner in high school. And then did you go to college? I did. I went to Emerson in Boston. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I studied acting and that was when I started actually taking an interest in school. That was like the only time that I've ever done well in school was when I got to do what I wanted. I just am somebody that if I don't want to do something, I'll, I might say yes to it, but I will, I will find a way to get myself kicked out of it or to ruin it so that I don't have to do it anymore. Were you always pretty? Yeah. I mean, I was not when I was a kid, when I was a, I was like a pretty kid, but I was a cute kid, but I was yeah. like circle shaped. You know what I mean? I was like, I was like, I looked like uh Brendan Sagalow. I don't know if you know him. I do know Brendan. Yeah. Sagalow. yeah. <laughs> I looked like Brendan Sagalow as a kid. And like, that's a very, that's a fucking very, <laughs> niche reference but yeah yes it's very very niche but i feel like i've seen you with brendan yeah I anyway have, yeah i've i've put pictures of myself next to louis anderson and been like me as a child and louis anderson uh, as an adult like we look the exact same like he looks like my real father that's you know fucking hilarious yeah so then so in college were you were you promiscuous not really but i did uh i loved drinking and i drank a lot yeah and i and I like to fight when I drink. I'm like, I'm like a fighter. And oh I, I, I used to start a lot of fights. I used to get kicked out of bars a lot. I, really? I never really, no one wanted to fuck me. I mean, I, I probably would have. <laughs> I probably would have thrown it around. But people were like, I'm not touching that with a 10 foot pole. Like that, that woman's psychotic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Are you serious? Like, I don't See, want I don't any think, part of it. I don't think when I met you, I, don't, I think you were sober. Yeah. When I yeah. met you, you were sober and. I have a weird thing. It's, I don't. I don't know what it is, but I just like whenever I find out someone's sober or or like this is gonna sound. It's Please gonna sound just say horrible. It. Say like it. when I find out someone's sober or a dude is gay, I immediately go, "Well, God, guess we'll never hang out." <laughs> yeah. Like when when I found out Tim yes. Dillon was gay, it was the same way when I found out you were sober. Yeah. I was. We were at. Uh, I don't know. I I think I remember. This is the first time meeting you. We went to the Skanks studio. Yeah, it was. Um, it wasn't Legion of Skanks. It was an. It was a different. It was Ralph's podcast? I think it was like a rock and fuck. I can't remember the name of it. But yeah, Wait, I remember did, that. Weren't you on my podcast that night? Did we do my podcast? No, we did one of my reads. Yeah, we did we, one of my yeah, reads, you did and, an and ad I got. Read. I got. I got in trouble for it. <laughs> Why? Big J was like, oh, was, he was, it was fucking it, it up. It was for glasses. I think. Did you have glasses on that night? Possibly. So I, I, we were talking about glasses and fucking. I was wearing glasses that night. I remember there's a picture of us 
at Gas Digital. Yeah, and 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 the read was for prescription glasses, and I lost the sponsor because Big J was like talking about pussy hairs and just in the read, and I'm, we're laughing hysterically, and yeah. they're like, "Hey, man, we don't know any of those people, yeah, and we don't want them on our read. We want you to do it." And and I was like, "Oh, sorry." He's talking about pussy hair. How do you even bring that into there's a such glasses a, ad? I want to know how Jay did it. There's such a beauty to what Jay, Lewis, Dave, uh, I won't say Dan, because I think Dan has a Dan has a a mind forward for business. Yeah. But like there's, you know, the this is the wrong word. I don't narcissist is the wrong word, but they're like nihilists. They're yeah. absolute nihilists. No, in it's comedy. like it's like strapping a it's like strapping a helmet on and throwing yourself in a fucking cage full of wolves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's sort of what it like symbolizes to me. It's just like like snorting a line of coke and then just letting yourself get ripped apart by sharks. Yeah. That's like the way that I that 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 experience looks like to me. It's so, so funny because I found out you didn't drink that night and I was like, ah, okay. Well, I guess Jay told me. He goes, Yeah, she doesn't party. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I guess I'm like, yeah. He was like, you should take her on the road. She's funny. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to hang out with someone that doesn't party. <laughs> and same thing with, same thing with Tim Dillon. When I remember Bobby Kelly yeah. was like, Tim Dillon's gay. And yeah. I was like, oh, that's a bummer. And he goes, what do you mean it's a bummer? What do you give a fuck? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. And then I was like, yeah, wait, why did I, why do I think that? And then I was like, it's, I have the knee jerk, same knee jerk reaction when I find out, like when I find out people just smoke weed. Yeah. I, I, I feel the same way. I'm like, okay, I guess we'll never talk. Yeah. I think it's one of those things where you, like, cause I've been hanging out with people that drink and do drugs and whatever since I got clean. Cause I got clean very young. I got clean at 23. Really? And then Ooh, what was your bottom? I mean, it was like running at the edge. This wasn't even the reason I quit. I quit on a very sad night. Right. But this, well, this is also a sad night, but like I was running at the edge of my roof. I thought somebody was pushing me. I came out of a black blackout thinking somebody had like pushed me. And then I turned, I like pushed back and I turned around and I realized, like I saw my ex like crying and I realized I was threatening to kill myself. Oh my God. And then uh, like looking at him and being like, what are you fucking crying for? Like, I remember yeah. just like never letting it settle that like you almost lost your fucking life. Yeah. Like instead just being like, I was drunk. You're overreacting. <laughs> like it was like crazy. And that, wasn't even the time that I was like, oh, maybe I should stop. Really? No, it was, but it was always like that. Like it was, I started the night wanting to have fun. And then at the end of the night, somebody was crying. And it was like, I fucked up the night. I fucked it up and everyone's mad at me. And like, I, I remember one time I ran into a friend. I asked him where my boyfriend was. He said he didn't know. I assumed he was lying and I just punched him in the face. Like, <laughs> Like, by the way, you're the kind of chick everyone falls in love with. It's psychotic. That fucking energy <laughs> is so much fucking fun to be around at times. It's like you're, you're the kind of chick everyone fell in love with one summer and was like, I got to get the fuck away from her. Yeah. No, when I did, when I like went into the program, like did oh, like, you went into the program, program. I did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I had to make my amends. Right. I had to like apologize to people. And my sponsor like saw the list of shit that I'd done and was like, you can't reach out to these people ever. Like, that's your apology. Really? She was like, you can't talk to these people ever again. Oh, fuck. So you didn't have to go through your apologies? No, I wanted to. I wanted the redemptive moment of like, look how good I'm doing. Yeah. And she was like, you don't get to do that. You know, it's interesting. I, I've said this before, but I've never said it eloquently. But when you 
are the type of horse that I am <laughs> and you run the kind of race I run yeah. on a nightly basis, well, then you ultimately you're going to get a lot of horses that get put out to pasture. Right. Like ultimately not every horse that runs as fast as I do can do it responsibly and have sex successful life yeah and maintain somewhat of a health like yeah. i work out every day yeah i steam my sauna i have three podcasts i have a cooking show i have i just did a movie i have a tour i've done three yeah. my third theater tour i created my own like but so but i run at a very fast clip right so a lot of horses get put out of pasture so i am in a very unique situation where i've had a lot of people have to make amends with me yeah. I have had a lot of people have to say they're sorry to me. Yeah. And it's I've gotten really good at it. And one of the things <laughs> I've gotten really good at listening to what their What do you apology. do? Like, what's your... Um, like, let's say I'm like somebody making an apology to you. I come, I look, come to you. So and the like, first one, so the, I, I mean, every apology has been different. Every apology has been so different. The first one, I didn't realize it was happening. Oh, he, he sought me out mm -hmm. and came up to me it's like a molestation. And he was like, he was like, Hey, and I was like, what the fuck are you doing here? Yeah. And I didn't dislike, I, by the way, here's the other thing is that I also am someone who I don't like, I don't, you don't hurt my feelings very easily. Right. Like I write people off very quickly. Yeah. So if you do something crazy and you're drunk, I'm like, whatever, it's not, it's not a big deal. And if you're cool next time I see you, I'll party with you. Yeah. But if you're not, if you're still fucking being crazy, I'm going to probably just keep my distance. Right. So. He came up to me and he started apologizing. And I was like, wait, dude, you don't have to do that. My wife's like, hey, hey, hey. He, you didn't hear the beginning of this. He quit drinking. He's in recovery. This is part of his process. You need to let him apologize. And I went, oh. And I realized it was happening. I went, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to listen to your apology. So I listened to his apology. Uh -huh. And it was, for, it was for just a stupid night. It was just a stupid night. And yeah. he had drank too much. <laughs> right. And he's a very sweet guy. He's a very, very sweet guy. Mm -hmm. And I've known that for a very long time. And he's a very interesting guy, and he's a very good uh, at what he does. Yeah. And uh, I said, I accept your apology. I said, don't worry about it. I said, yeah. hey, we're friends. And we keep in touch. I follow him on Instagram. And, yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. Then the next one came. And not the next one. It was like maybe three after that. So it wasn't weird for you after he gave you just, it wasn't like, you weren't like, oh, oh, okay. No, I enjoyed it. You didn't it. feel weird. I enjoyed it. Oh, okay. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Good because, you ready for this? Because I'm a very good apologizer. Uh -huh. I'm very accountable. Mm -hmm. My wife has always said I'm very accountable and I'm very, um, I'm very self-correcting. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm really good at apologizing. My dad, my dad never would apologize. This sounds really horrible. He would never apologize. Yeah. I don't think I've heard him apologize. Ever. Ever. ever yeah. Ever. No, my dad nev has never. <laughs> It wasn't never either. heard the words "I'm sorry" out of his mouth. Yeah, it wasn't. He said, "I love you." Um, he said, "I'm proud. I'm proud of you." He said all that stuff, but "I'm sorry" is not. So he said, "I'm sorry." He, if he heard this, he'd be angry and lose his shit and not apologize for that. Right. But but he said he's sorry for like certain things he's done. Like you know, there he has an accountability to him. He's not completely lost. Yeah. But he's he, when I was growing up, he wasn't the guy that was was ever wrong. Right. His way was the right way because he was the father. And it's kind of fucked up the way I parent a little bit. And so there were certain absolutes. You could not get a tattoo. You could not get a tattoo. You could not get your ears pierced. You could not do drugs. You could not drink and drive. These are absolutes. Right. And th there was no uh, there was no other side of the fence. It was, these are absolutes. Yeah. And if we got into a fight, if and and he sent me to my room, and he did that when I was 17. Right. Sent me to my room at 17. The Gulf War kicks off, and I come in. 
just wanting to be fucking alternative. And I'm like, fuck George Bush or whoever sent him to war. Right. Fuck George Bush. Fuck this government. They're so fucked up. These are people are innocent. My dad's like, you're a fucking idiot and go to your room until you realize you're an idiot. Yeah. Imagine how it felt when I did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did the same shit. Yeah. I remember like protesting that shit and feeling like I was a spy for Dick Cheney for like protesting the Iraq war. Like it yeah. was like that kind of shit. And my dad was the same way. He was very like, this isn't okay. This isn't okay. Um, but you can shoot a gun in the yard and you can, uh, <laughs> there was like, oh, and you can drink and drive. That was like, he's like, that kind of shit happens. But oh, it was like, wow. but it was really a weird, like the cognitive dissonance made no sense to me. And he does not apologize. He would be like, like, I remember one time we got in a huge fight and he, his apology was, I just thought that calling you, I thought that if I called you a bitch, you'd think it was funny. And I was like, <laughs> that was his apology. Yeah. That was like the end of it. And I was like, I mean, it is kind of funny when you say it like that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, at the end now of the day, funny. I think your, 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 your tone was off. Yeah. At the end of the day, now it's full circle. Yeah. It's pretty so, funny. So I'm really good at it. So I had to learn from a young age that I was the one that was going to apologize. Yeah. I had to figure out why I was wrong. It was one of the That's best so things great. he could have ever done for me because I'm really accountable and I'm very self-correcting. And so I would come down and I'd apologize to my dad and I'd have to say why I was wrong and what I did wrong. And yeah. then, and then he would probably say i'm sorry after that maybe i don't remember because yeah. all that you remember is having to do that so uh so I'm, i i really kind of enjoy getting apologized and leanne won't apologize she will not apologize right she cannot say i'm sorry i'm sorry is that what you need to hear and yeah. you're like that that's not an apology right she's like oh i'm sorry and like no when you say it like that <laughs> that's not real yeah now it's, that's you just hit me with a bat <laughs> i'm sorry i hurt your feelings and you're, I'm sorry your feelings got hurt. And I'm right. like, no, hold on. That's, you're, you're wording it wrong. Yeah. She's like, I'm sorry you misunderstood what I was saying. And I'm like. You're like, Jesus Christ yeah. almighty. Yeah. And so all the apologies, um, all the apologies I ex I've accepted, I, except for one. Which one was that? I'll tell you his name. I'll tell you his name. You'll tell me his name? Yeah, I'll tell you his name, but you got to bleep it out, Halston. <laughs> Oh, I hate that motherfucker. <laughs> I do. I've had one interaction with that motherfucker. He can suck me. Yeah. Honestly, he's a he's a piece of shit. Uh, yeah. Sorry. And I, and I chose. I chose. Sorry, I shouldn't have said all. No, that. no, you no, you you can. And I chose not to accept his apology. That's that's very gracious. Because I didn't, I didn't find it to be genuine, and uh, and I didn't, and it wasn't. It genuinely. No, wasn't. I don't think it was. It wasn't, and I know that because of. Few, past interactions beyond that uh, uh, beyond that apology have been actually worse than the stuff he did before and right. i just was like i'm you know what? i'm cool yeah i'm cool yeah you can tell the difference between somebody who's bullshit and somebody who uh means it you know mm -hmm. and um i've had one interaction with that person and decided <laughs> that it was the dumbest thing i've ever done you know yeah. i think he said something on twitter that was fucking ridiculous. And I think yeah. I, I went after him and uh, he didn't know who I was, you yeah. know, but like, I just felt like whoever this person is, I don't know who they are. I don't know what they've done in this business. I'm just going to burn this down before I even know who this person is. I wish I had more of that. I wish I had to burn it down. I get so, um, there's like, there's like, 
it's good that you don't, to be honest. I, but I, I'm very, I think it's the same reason I don't tweet out certain things or I don't reply to people that say negative things. Yeah. Or I don't like, you know, my number got leaked and. Oh, Jesus. And I got some really great, I got some, well, I, you don't, it's funny. The only people looking for your number are the people that hate you. Right. And so <clears throat> I got some really great calls and texts at times, but then I got some really nasty ones. And I, I could have just released their numbers and been like, this is who's calling me. Right. We called one guy live on Two Bears, One Cave. I was going to call him out. Okay. And, uh, but it's, it's, it's. It, Why didn't you call him out? I, we, out we, he didn't answer. He wouldn't answer. He knew, he knew it was me. Yeah. And he wouldn't answer his fucking phone. And right. he never fucking texted since. <laughs> and so, but I, but I definitely, um, I wouldn't say it's a high road. It's just, I've learned the, one of the things I've learned is that you have opinions at one point you're heated and you say something and then two months later you find yourself in a room with that person and they're like i'm a huge fan and but i wish i had the ability to burn it down more like tom burns it down joe can burn it down they they don't mind just yeah. being like fuck this guy forever i don't give a fuck yeah i really do that a lot i de i definitely but i i'm rarely wrong in the person that i decide oh, i'm never wrong yeah. i'm never wrong i i really never regret the sense since I'll, 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 you know what? Let me amend that. Since getting sober, I have never regretted <clears throat> breaking well, the tie to somebody that I'm like, because I know I'm not coming from a place of like, I might be rash, yeah. but it's not, um, it's, it's not a place of like bad judgment. Like I, I yeah. know what kind of people I want around, and that, like that person, I was just like, fuck that person. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yes, I don't I even do. know why, but fuck that person. What's interesting to me is because you're sober, your insights, you can, your insights can be a little clearer. I think because I drink and sometimes that'll make me a little emotional. Uh-huh. I go, don't trust your emotions, Bert. Just ride the fence. Because there's times where I'm drunk and I want to tweet things out. And then all of a sudden I'm like, maybe we'll hold off. Like, I, if That's I had, so amazing I'm, to me that you're able to do that, though. I'm like, that's I took, so I took Twitter off my phone. Oh, good. I took it off my phone, so I have to get. I have to go on Safari on my phone and log on in Twitter, and it's not very easy to use. Yeah. So it, I just never. So if you're drunk, it's just like it fucks with your motor skills are working against you. So you get oh. to like you get it saves you. Oh my god! <laughs> you have That's no great. idea how many times I have, like, uh, even jokes, and and I think it's also the older you get, you realize how people perceive you. Mm -hmm. And anything I've ever done mean, mm -hmm. it never comes out. Like anything even has a hint of mean. Yeah. It never comes out right. Like I had this great fucking little rant about celebrities going to rehab and whatnot. Yeah. And it made us all laugh in the car. Yeah. And I me, Mark Norman, Dave Williamson. And Mark's like, you got to try that on stage. So I tried it. And people were just like, oh. <laughs> Jesus, sounds like you don't love your wife. And I was like, no, but she's 51. Who's fucking a 51? Like, I remember, I've, <laughs> like, there should be an award for, 51 is 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 a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're like, because hey, I'm not 51, I'm 48. So you're like, you're fucking someone three years. I said she was 52 in a read earlier. But. <laughs> yeah. She, and so, I, like, I had a joke about her. I had a joke that, like, uh, my wife is, but and these are like they come off just mean spirited i guess or people don't see me that way like i was trying to say my wife is like is like a classic car yeah 
that I paid for in cash. And like, <laughs> but I was like, maybe not a classic car, maybe just like a solid 1991 Mercedes. Like, yeah, it's good. It's a, it's, it's, it's dependable. Yeah. It gets you from point A to point B. Right. You're not going to get stranded with it, but it doesn't turn in the eyes of valet. Right. And everyone was like, Oh, all the women were like, what the fuck? And I was like, I'm just trying to write a fucking joke. It's funny. That's yeah. funny. I mean, <laughs> I think that's fucking hysterical, but I get what you're saying. Cause I'll do, if I say anything that's like, like I was on um, Tiger Belly and I was like saying to Bobby and uh, Kalila, I was like, I really thank you so much for having me on. I really like you guys. And they both just went, Ugh. like they for real yeah. went. Oh, yeah. They, there was like a weird silence and they were like, you're that didn't feel good. That didn't feel right. That was and I had to try over and over again to say something like genuine from my heart without it sa sounding sarcastic. Yeah. And it, I can't do it. Like, uh, I can't do it. And I really want to because I want I think people meet me and they go, she's really hard to know. Like really? She's hard to get to know. I think that's what people have said to me. You are. You are. Because when we when we worked, we worked at, at the Met together at Philly. Right. Yeah. And I thought I thought we would talk more. Yeah. And you were just very much like, hey, thank you for the work. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. kind of were off to your own. I think people were coming in, and yeah. there was a big party there, and you were kind of off to your own. And I was like, and I, 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 I genuinely have a difficult time working with women because I'm very needy. Yeah, and I'm very needy, but in like a like I, I worked with a, like you just want to hang. I want to hang, and I yeah. want, and I do, but I, I do this today. I do this to the guys where I go, hey, don't go and let's all be in the same room. Yeah, but you can do that to a guy. You can't do that to a girl. You can't go, hey. Don't go in that room. Hang out with me in my room. And by I the way, I'm going to be great. shirtless. Because my op, like uh, the reason why I'm like so standoffish is I just assume that people are like, leave me alone. Like oh. I, I, I just assume that people don't want me around. Oh no. And I'm like, because I just have this face that's always like, I just look like fucking miserable. And I'm like, fix your fucking face. Like look like you're having a good time. And I'm, I really could be having a great time. And I look like I'm at my father's funeral. Oh no. I, the whole time, <laughs> the whole time I was like, I was like, well, I, cause I, I don't want, like there is a weirdness and there is a weirdness with guys as I've had it yeah. working with guys who treat you differently or treat, treat me weird. And you don't feel so totally comfortable. And sometimes I'm not this kind of person, but you just want to be in a room by yourself and not have to entertain yeah, yeah, yeah. another person. I, I'm not, I worked with a woman. I worked with a woman for a very, very long time for like a couple years. I think I toured with her Taylor Tomlinson. Oh yeah. And I, and I would, I mean, I'm one time, one time I for, and she doesn't drink at all. I forced her to go out with me and she was miserable oh, no. i mean jacket zipped up backpack on both shoulders just sitting there waiting for it to end yeah and i was like i was like this yeah. will never happen again <laughs> and she was like no and she's like i'm having fun and i was like but she was so great to work with because i appreciated her as a comic yeah and i say i have, I have a hard time working with women i worked with taylor for like a long time yeah and I, i've worked with a lot of women i enjoy that comedy, yeah. I enjoy my fans. My fans enjoy a woman, I think, more. Yeah. Taylor used to rip. I mean, rip fucking yeah. shows. I'm telling She's so you. so fucking funny. Tear apart an audience that's drinking beer, wants dick jokes. And you get Taylor, who's not cursing, yeah. not dirty, uh, 25, a female, yeah. young. Most people in my audience have children close to her age. I had a hard time with, I had a hard time genuinely 
watching her way wear makeup because it would bother me because I go, you, you don't grow up. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. But I think we're going to try to work together. I don't know if they reached out to you to. yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just saw your name on the list today. Yeah, I would I was love like, to. I was like, I'd love to. But I go, we got to make it easy for her because I, I'm also like super needy. So I'm like. Just so you know, it's not hard for me. As long as once somebody lets me know that I'm wanted there. Yeah. Then I'm like, great, let's fucking hang. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, I don't know how people. Everybody has a different thing on the road, right? So I've been on the road with Amy. Amy's like, she she works, right? She's like, I don't really see see her. Once we land, she goes to her room. I go to my room. Yeah. Then we meet up before the show. We go on stage. We do the thing. Then when I'm with Che, Che goes out at the end of the night, right? It's like, and that's like, I have a great time because we'll just, I don't drink, but I, I'll fucking hang. And yeah. I love to talk and I love to be in bars oh, um, and to be like around <laughs> people and talking to people. Cause I, I love bars. I mean, yeah. even I'm an alcoholic, but I hang out in comedy clubs. Like the, that's my home. I feel good in like dingy fucking places yeah. where the lights are low. Everyone's inhibitions are gone and they're letting you know what they really fucking think. That's, yeah. that's where the interesting stories come from. Well, it's funny because my my post-show ritual well it's it's kind of complicated because we were talking about we were literally talking about you today and i was like well because i like everyone being on the bus yeah because i'm i'm very i'm very nervous about covid yeah and so i like to maintain a bubble yeah where i go we get on the bus we hang on the bus we don't go out to bars we don't go out and try to get covid that's how you get it right you know it was never like that it used to be like fucking show yeah. ends i'd say all right i'm going to this bar everyone would go to that bar yeah. and we get fucking wasted i remember you did that when we were at the met you went there was this big party afterwards they they that and was then you did fucking. a fucking bike ride you did like a marathon bike ride the next morning oh shit. you remember that yes i did it was like 600 fucking i, I don't even i, I rode from uh, philadelphia to atlantic city Yes, that's what it was. Yeah, and so I love the party. Now, and I was like, I, I, I was saying to them today, I was like, I would love to get, I would love to get a female in the mix on the bus and just, because now we just get back on the bus and just talk gossip about comedy. I fucking love and it. And just, I could talk about, <laughs> I could sit, my favorite feeling in the oh world. Oh my God, I love is, that shit. My favorite feeling in the world that I look forward to is getting up, going into the center part of the bus bus is driving somewhere yeah and going and people are making coffee and yeah. you're like uh and you're like cup of coffee you're like yeah and then you're just like hey do you uh tim dylan's got a special out and you're like oh yeah and he's like yeah yeah you should check it out yeah oh fuck yeah let's put it on and then you just talk shit about comedy hey did you hear what happened last night yeah like and and, and just like it's, it's my favorite fucking i mean we when we were in denver just getting done the show and then the next morning all sitting around the we sat around the parking lot and just told each other jokes we liked dude that's <laughs> that is so sweet and but the way that i am i'll like i'll sh i would definitely be the person being like did you see this bullshit that somebody tweeted and then yes. oh, that's <laughs> that the is my best. favorite i like something in my soul gets lit on fire when oh. there's some when somebody makes a fucking Twitter mistake. I I and I never would say anything about it on Twitter because it's just like that's not where the fun is. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. fun the is the fun is texting each other. Yes. Texting each other or being in a fucking I love that feeling <laughs> at like sleepaway camp when 
they were like, all right, lights out, no more talking. And someone yeah. would, and then they'd leave the room and be like, is he gone? You wait like, five yeah. minutes. And and everyone would just crack jokes all night long in the dark. Yes. Oh, that was my fucking favorite. Dude, I had a sister who was like closest, my, my sister who's closest to me in age, she uh, is very like conservative, not, not politically, but like just her, the way she is. You yeah. know what I mean? So when it was time for bed, she would go to bed. And when it was time to do this, she would do this. And like, she was very like by the book. And I used to love trying to keep her awake all night. Oh. Like that was my favorite thing is like my mom would turn out the lights, she would leave and I'd be like, let's party, you know? Oh, yeah. And I would just entertain her as long as I could until she was falling asleep in the middle of what the fuck I was saying. Oh, you know? that's fucking great. I would give her shit to do. I'd be like, oh, you want to see this impression that I, you want to see me be a lizard and like all just anything so that the party didn't have to end. You know, I like, I yeah. love the party staying ending up. is my it's like my, my, that's why I don't want to die. Yeah. So I don't want the party to end. Yeah. I don't like, I just don't want, I don't want the party to end. I'm hoping they figure out eternity, like <laughs> eternal life before I die. They will. I'm hoping. Oh yeah. There's definitely, they're going to have like micro robots that like keep oh. us alive and we're just going to be like weekend at Bernie's. I would love that. I would <laughs> love that so much. Yeah. I love, I, it, it's funny. The stuff I love about comedy, I didn't know is what I'd love when I got into it. Yeah. I love specials. I love watching specials. Me too. I love dissecting why I like a special. Mm -hmm. Like I, 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 I fucking, I love working on a special. Like I'm getting ready to do a new special. Yeah. And I'm, I love the buildup. And then I love going like, I love committing myself to it. Go where I go. All right. I'm on the road every day in October. I'm going to do stand up every night in October, two shows a night. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do every night in October. I'll do take a couple nights off, but I'm going to go to Austin, do stand up there. And then I go, and then, and then let's bang out those first two weeks in November. Let's really like, and then you just get obsessive. I fucking yeah. am whittling down a joke. Just. Yeah. It's really like, <laughs> it makes me feel um, mentally agile. Like that's the best way I can describe it is like when I'm really such a great way working on bits and yeah. I'm really like writing a lot. I feel so mentally like my brain's just like making these connections so quickly. And it's always when I, it does take a lot of practice. Like if I don't do it, I do, my brain just like yeah. goes to bed. But like we just started, um, I'm working in a writer's room right now. So there's like just, we're just sitting there writing all day. Just like, and you don't have the option to like, if you don't feel funny, like nobody gives a shit. Like you yeah. have to come in there, pitch ideas and see what the fuck happens. And so I'm picking my brain all day for like stuff that is funny. And it puts me in this place where I, I'm just like, wow, I'm like fucking bouncing off the walls. Yeah. You know, like anything can be funny. I, I was, I had this like thing in my brain. I was like, Dick twins. Like there was something in my brain where I went like, what if somebody had the same exact dick or pussy as you? Tom and I have very similar dicks. <laughs> Tom and I have very, very similar dicks. And we saw our dicks together. We were at a dominatrix and she was tethering wires to us. And we saw our dicks together and I went, we have the same dick. And he went, holy shit, we do. Dude, this <clears throat> sketch that I wrote is about you guys. Like, <laughs> I swear to God. That's fucking it great. Is that's so fucking crazy. I want to send it to you now because it's I, like, oh, that's fucking great. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? 
do you suffer from anxiety like I do and hit rock bottom this weekend on my flight home from Denver and gave up and you're like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? I'm killing myself. I can't be around people. I'm in airports and this is what I do for a living. Well, BetterHelp can assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in just under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not a self-help line. It's professional therapy done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be available in your part of the country. Services available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime, send a message to your therapist, and you get a timely, thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly videos or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room and sit in traffic and get angry at your therapist or your wife for putting you in therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed, and you will need to change therapists from time to time. Trust me on that. It is more affordable than traditional offline therapy, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit betterhelp.com slash Bert. That's better H-E-L-P, and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health, mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. Special offer for BertCast listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Bert. There is a specialist for just about everything, right? When my car breaks down, I go to a mechanic. Yeah. When there's a problem with the shower, I call a plumber. So when you get your uneven, crooked teeth fixed, you see an orthodontist. They're specialists. And that's why Candid is set apart from everyone else. The invisible, comfortable, and removable aligners above the rest. While poorly reviewed and insanely priced clear aligner companies use general dentists Candid only works with orthodontists. This is great. If you want to fix your smile, you need a good smile. I got to be honest with you. You need a good smile to get forward in life. I'm being dead serious. With Candid, the same orthodontist who created your plant, Leanne just did this. Leanne just did this. Yeah. And she's 52. Sometimes your teeth just hurt. My fucking teeth are killing me. With Candid, the same orthodontist who created your plan is with you from start to finish, so you never have to wonder how you're doing. Your treatment is prescribed and closely monitored remotely by a licensed orthodontist who's an expert in tooth movement. You can book an appointment at a Candid studio near you to do everything from the comfort and or do everything from the comfort and convenience of your own home. The average Candid treatment is just six months. You'll start seeing results way before that, and it costs thousands less than traditional braces. You don't want adult braces, trust me. And with the Euroliner treatment, you'll get candid white teeth, teeth whitening for free. God, I wish that worked on me. I got all veneers. Um, candid can help you get straighter, brighter smile you've always wanted right now. Right now, you can get started from home for just $15 a can- at, with a Candid starter kit. Or you can book an appointment at a Candid studio near you today. Go to candidco.com slash Bert and use the code Bert. That's candidco.com slash Bert. Use the code Bert. Take advantage of this limited time offer for a $15 starter kit. Candidco.com slash Bert and use the code Bert. It's so funny because I love the feeling when your brain's thinking sideways. Yeah. And you just go and you see something that isn't what you see and then you start crying laughing. Yeah. Like I, I saw this woman today. I ended up saying it on two bears, one cave because mm-hmm. I liked the wording of it. But I saw this woman who uh, I 
it, I thought she was tucking in homeless people. <laughs> like just going in and going, let me get you in tidy. Come here. Here you go. And then I just thought that's a great, like I started laughing at that. And then I was like, oh, that's a great, I'm going to slide that in, you know, like yes. I'm having a bad day. I feel like I should do something good for humanity, like go around tucking homeless people <laughs> or something. And, and and I just couldn't stop laughing at yeah. that. I, and I love, I love. It's like, I'm going to go tie somebody's shoes. Yeah. <laughs> we, me and my buddy Eddie used to say we should go take a bum to lunch. Cause that was like, you yeah. have, if you did something really bad, he's like, I got to take a bum to lunch. Yeah. And I was like, really? He was like, I didn't wear a condom last night. You're like, shut up. Take a bum to lunch. Take a bum to lunch. <laughs> but I love that thinking sideways. And I, I wasn't the kid. And I say this, hoping my parents never hear this, but I wasn't rewarded for thinking sideways when I was a kid. Right. No, me either. I mean, I was always told like, you're a bully, you're mean, you're, and all of those things are what make me funny. Like, yeah. Those are the things that oh, I get yeah. rewarded you have very, for. A very sharp wit. Yeah. 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 Like, and you have was, very, <laughs> a very astute, sharp wit. It's a, uh, it's, it's great on stage. It's great in comedy in life. It's uh, a fucking disaster. Like really? Yeah. It's, um, how does it work with a husband? He, it's I'm not a good wife. Like I'll say that openly. Like he knows that that's true. I'm not a good wife. I, in the ways that you're supposed to be the, the ways that you would imagine someone is a good wife. I fail in every, every capacity, Okay. but I am really loving. Like I'm very loving to the people that know me and I, I'm very, very kind. Um, but I'm not nice. I've never been like, I'll do something very kind, but not in a nice way. Like, like I will, um, I'm trying to think of a specific example. Like, okay. I, Cause Leanne's I, the exact opposite. Leanne is a very good wife. Like she, I literally look at Leanne sometimes to, to think how I should treat my husband. It's funny. Leanne is a very, very good wife. Meaning she covers every base. She thinks about me before she thinks about herself. She yeah. thinks about the girls. She is hits it out of the fucking park. Yeah. However, she she's not very like there's a there's a nurture side to her where she doesn't touch me very often. Mm -hmm. Like she's not someone who just comes up and starts scratching my back. Yeah. She's almost like I got a list of shit I'm going to do. You're on that list. I'm covering all your fucking bases. Yeah. But and I'm the exact opposite where I think of myself first. Yeah. I always think of myself first, but I'm the person that comes up behind her and will grab her and give her a hug and tell her I'm so lucky. I always say, you're so lucky I love you this much. Like, I've never had anyone love me as much as I love you. Yeah. Because I fucking adore that woman. But yeah. she's like, like. Yeah, I think it's kind <laughs> of similar with um, me and my husband. Like, Andy will show up for me like he he's always aware of like what we have planned for the day. He's always making sure that we have things like that. Everything's like organized yeah. and, and things are running like really like smoothly um, with the podcast. He handles all of the organizational shit. I am like, I'm, I will like sit with him and listen to him and ask him when something's wrong and he's not really like processing it. I notice before he will. Yeah. And I'll sit down and be like, what's, what's going on? Like something's up, you yeah. know? And he doesn't always want to, but I feel like he's getting better at like, like expressing his feelings when he ordinarily, he, that would bum him out too much. He wouldn't want to go there. Yeah. Know? That's interesting. Leanne. Yeah. Leanne 
is not she's you know it's funny her where you would say shortcoming is is where i excel and where i have massive shortcomings she excels yeah like she does not get emotional about things and that bothers me at times that she that i can't get her to be emotional about things but i'm so emotional about things that if we were both emotional we'd be fucked yeah so like like a perfect example editing a special yeah i cannot watch i cannot watch a first cut of my specials yeah. i will not yeah i i've gone i've had to do it you know three it's, times it's now. like cutting yourself it's fucking crazy oh it hurts so bad and I, because i throw the baby out with the bath water i'm like this special fucking sucks oh my god there's mustard on my pants yeah, Who yeah. The fuck put my, why why no one's noticed i had mustard on my pants <laughs> yeah and leanne's like hang on calm down uh your fourth show is the best show in my opinion and i was like for real she was like yeah what show is this and they're like oh this is show two yeah she goes no 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 go to that second night was better i think the third show is the number one let's do this let's start with the third show let's see it and then she just goes all right like real unemotional all right you're talking too much cut all that shit out just no one gives a fuck where you are say it right and then and then and i'll be like yeah 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 yeah. you're right and then i'll be like and then what she says is very detached yeah and then i can go oh i know what you're saying and you're right this is what you want to do yeah like there was one show where in Cleveland where I, because, for some reason I had to say something to warm them up. Mm -hmm. And then. <coughs> what was the. Uh, if I fucking, it's a stupid joke. I, I forget what was happening. Something was happening in the room that. That happened in my special actually where I, there was, uh, there was like a, they were losing energy and I knew they were losing energy and I had to address it. Because yeah. it was right before my closer. And I was like, all right, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to like couch it with that, but I could feel it. And I yeah. wanted, and I love those moments in a show, you know, yeah. where you're like, how many I shows did you shoot? I did two. Oh, that's good. That's it. I, two shows. Two shows is tough. I, I do it was four. very tough. <laughs> I do four. Yeah. Now. Well, it's you can. Chappelle does fucking 18. I know. He does, like, he shoots 18 shows. And part of me is like, yeah, I, I really think they, whatever they pay him, he just goes, I'll put it all in the special. Yeah. And and just go, I'm going to make, I'm making, like, say they give you, uh, you know, I mean, I'm just ballparking it. Yeah. I don't know what people get paid. Say you give Dave Chappelle $20 million, right? right? He could, Which I think very, that is what they gave him. For he could three. very easily go, I'll put $5 million in the special. Right. And I don't know why you look at the, you shouldn't look at your special as a way to making money. You should look at your specials making the best fucking special you can have. Well, that's good because I made fucking no money on mine. It was <laughs> like, Comedy Central. Yeah. It was Comedy Central. Yeah. Yeah, I made very little money on mine when I did mine yeah. for Comedy Central. I made le almost less when I did my Showtime special. Yeah. And then you go to Netflix and you're like, you're like, Jesus oh, Christ. You're going to pay me and people watch it? Right. Shut the fuck up. I know. I remember Ralphie May told me, he goes, you better hope for a snowstorm. Well, my first special, my comfortably dumb, comfortably dumb, mm -hmm. aired on Comedy Central. He's like, "You better hope for a snowstorm." Yeah. And I was like, "Really?" He was like, "Yeah." He was like, "No one, no one's gonna tune in unless they're stuck in their house." I know. I mean, I'm. That's the whole reason I did it with them. Uh, a, they've they've shown me a lot of love. Well, things are different but now. But they a also bit. put it on YouTube, which I was like, if it's going on YouTube. I mean, I know Sam did it. I know Joe did it. And I called up Joe and I asked him his his experience. And Sam said the same thing. He was like, go for it. Like, 
It was in the middle of COVID. I was like, I don't know how this is going to go. Like I was, I wasn't sure if I was going to get pregnant over the pandemic. I was like, if this, if this shit is over and I'm pregnant, it's going to be another year of quarantine yeah. where I just have someone strapped to my tit for a year. <laughs> so let me make some money while I'm sitting on my ass on a wee wee pad, yeah. you know? And I, uh, and so I just decided I'm going to do it this way. And I'm really glad I did. I mean, YouTube's kind of the only, like, if you're going to do something on Comedy Central, it's, I hate to say this, but it's the only way to do it. Like, well, you know, we can all thank Ari for that. Yeah. Because Ari was the first person to fight for any sort of comedy getting put on YouTube because we were all like, the YouTube was how we make, make getting getting recognized. Yeah. Um, but that's smart. It's smart because Comedy Central knows what they're doing. Yeah. And them putting it on YouTube is big. And the thing about your, your material or your special is it's very digestible for Instagram. Yeah. And uh, which is brilliant. And, and another thing that I realized, I don't have any jokes that work on Instagram. All my jokes are like fucking seven minutes long. Cause I, I look at your bit and I go, Oh, I'd fill that up. I got to find out what bit it was. Cause I was like, I was like, when I tell her, I'm going to tell her the bit and I'm going to tell her where I was take it. Yeah. Cause after I did that, I was like, Oh, I got to skinny shit up. And yeah. so now I'm looking for, now I'm trying to write bits that are a little more tighter just quicker yeah well i like, I, uh, I do every special the way i look at like burr burr always challenged himself yeah to do it and i, I challenge myself each special and now i'm just going like i want fucking i want it's this hour i have now is, was all written outdoors right so it's a little different of an hour because you put it inside and it's like yeah when you're outdoors you're did you do any outdoor shows i did what did you think of them you know i I did like the drive-in shows and I thought they were really fun. I kind yeah. of, I did have a good time with it. And it, it, it was so interesting because there was a freedom to that. You were able to really like kind of take your time more. Yeah. You know, you're waiting for sounds. It's not like, and you're allowed because you're not uh, tied to that, like instant laughter gratification. You're just able to like, see what happens. It you're was, able to like it was really a, talk shit out. It was out. a cool way to write a joke because- like I had this, I had this one chunk that I would have never written this way, but I was like, I, sometimes I'll write a joke joke and then yeah. I'll just be like, oh, whatever. I'm never going to use that. I have no place for it. And then on the drive-ins, I was like, oh no, what I'll do is I'll just go, I'm going to go bam, 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 bam. And it was, a, but it was a fun way to fuck around because it was like, it was almost like you were, you were doing well, mm -hmm. but you had the scent, the freedom of bombing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's a perfect way to, that is perfect. Yeah. It's the perfect way to describe it. You had all the freedom in the world to make all the mistakes you wanted. And yet every time you told a joke, you got the sound that you needed to get. You got the boom, 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 boom. Christ. What? My fucking net worth. I'm sitting on the fucking ground. sitting on the ground and I'm just like, what the fuck is this paper I keep touching? It's all my money. It's all my money, all broken down in a fucking in a circle chart. You know what's so funny is I've been I my eyes have gone to that so many times yeah. and I'm so retarded with numbers. Sorry, I meant uh disabled, learning disabled. <laughs> <laughs> that when I saw it, I was like. I don't even know what that means. It's a circle to me. I saw the shape of a circle yeah. and no, there's like no, uh, nothing goes in. Yeah, well. But, I... um, but yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying about the outdoor shows. I think they're the, I think they were the fucking best uh, in a lot of ways. In other ways, it became a, just a 
display of mental illness for a lot of us. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of people who, you know, New York City. Oh, my God. People performing on the subway doing jokes. You know what I mean? There's a way to perform on the subway. I'm sure. Yeah. That could be so much fun. But New Yorkers are such like, write the jokes, do the jokes, stick to that. No act outs. I'm like, that's not the way you perform on a fucking subway. No. So you just saw people standing there with a microphone and an amp, just sad, sad clowns. Yeah. And then people in a park with no mic screaming, just screaming under a tree, ruining people's day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. People trying to like enjoy lunch with their families. I did. I did a couple of those shows and I remember going and this was the last one I did. I told an abortion joke and I heard in the distance a child laughing (laughs) and I was like, Oh, that's how it. great is that? <laughs> that's enough. That's the best. <laughs> like, move on. Yeah. Don't come back here. You know? Yeah. It was like a message from God. Just like, go home. Yeah, it's I I, did, I never did any of the ones. I did, maybe I did a couple in LA. No, I did I did the Rose Bowl mm-hmm. in LA um with Tom. It's but awesome. it was but it was fun. Um yeah. I you know, I I loved I loved the experience of traveling around the country during a pandemic in a bubble, doing outdoor shows at drive-in movie theaters. I loved it. I mm-hmm. loved it. And I wanted other people to, I wanted to share it with more people Yeah, because it was so much fun during that time. I'm so glad to get back into theaters. I'm so yeah. glad. Yeah. There's really nothing like inside laughs, like going back into the clubs and feeling that laugh for the first time where you're like, holy shit. Yeah. Like I forgot. I like forgot how that felt. And that's why I think I didn't during the times when I wasn't doing it, I didn't miss it that much because each time I went back to do it, it wasn't the same. Yeah. Do you, do you want to do the, do you, what's your, what, what's your goal in this business? Like, do you want to do the road and be on the road or do you want to do the Ali Wong where you do one special tour fucking do like eight? I mean, everyone wants to do what Ali Wong's doing. She's just, yeah. She is just she is the master of her own destiny and she's raising her kids. Yeah. I'm so fucking jealous of her. You're doing the same thing. No. I am I am I'm a little older than her, so I have a little bit more of a of a little bit more of a rounded view of how horrible this business can be. Yeah. So I look at her I look at her and I go she's so blessed. But I look at me and I go Oh, make money while the sun shines. You right, know? right, right, right. So like, let's. But let's I think we work. all feel like that. I think we I, Allie all doesn't. feel Allie like doesn't. that. <laughs> Allie doesn't. Sebastian doesn't. There's a few that, that Tom Segura doesn't. Right. There's a, there's a there's a large group of people in our business that are like, that are like, hey, it doesn't go away. But you've also been in a position where you lost it all and oh, yeah. built it back. Oh yeah. You and know, that's it's the greatest. It's the greatest gift you could give any comic. Yeah. Is to fucking, is to be making good money and then have it all taken away and then have to start from scratch. But have enough of a nest egg yeah. where you don't lose the house. You don't, your family isn't homeless. You can still pay for things. Yeah. And just work. It was the great, it was the greatest. One of my favorite episodes of Birdcast was you and Bobby Kelly. And I'll listen to it when I'm in a shitty mood yeah. or when I feel like I'm, my faith in, whatever the business or humanity is like waning. I'll listen to you and Bobby who 
By the way, Bobby Kelly, one of my favorite people on the planet. One of the funniest comics working. Yeah. Without a fucking But doubt. also just one of my favorite people I've ever met. Like Kool-Aid on my chest. <laughs> I just spilled fucking Kool-Aid on my chest. <laughs> Grape Kool-Aid. <laughs> I'm a just, fucking child. I'm 48 years old. I'm a fucking child. The way, I, you, too much. The way you tried to describe <laughs> you spilling on yourself with your mouth full of liquid. I was, Jesus Christ. I gotta grow the fuck up. <laughs> I gotta grow the fuck up. I'm gonna put my brace back on. Why? What the fuck am I doing with my life? Why didn't you keep your brace on? Um, I'm my physical therapist told me I didn't need it anymore. And then last night I didn't. I did wasn't wearing it, but I touched a hot griddle and yeah. i pulled my arm back and it hurt oh. it and i was like fuck and yeah. so it's annoying as shit to wear but let's go back to bobby kelly oh, yeah, i yeah. love bobby kelly yeah i do too he's like like i was said like he is so fucking funny um but just truly one of the my favorite people like when i i remember i called bobby during the pandemic one time i was in i was just in a shitty place right and bobby He's such a Boston. He's the only person that I know how to like receive comfort from because he's just as uncomfortable giving it Yeah. as like, he's great at giving advice. But if you start to get emotional, Bobby will, he literally told me to go pray in a park. That was like, I started to get emotional. I started to like tear up. Yeah. And Bobby was like, you got to go sit down on a bench, you know, like pray or something. Like that was like his advice. And I just did it. And I was like, that worked. Oh, yeah. It was weird. Like, it worked. You know what I mean? He's like, Bobby's, you don't think Bobby's, Bobby's as wise, as, but he's so fucking wise. He's a good apologizer, too. He is a good apologizer. He's a really good apologizer. Yeah, but you know what? Both of you, I can pick up on this. Both of you are good at apologizing because it ends the thing that you're uncomfortable doing. Like, probably, yeah. Yeah. Like, Bobby and I got into a big fist fight. We're not, we didn't, we a never, fist ended fight? Up, we never ended up fist fighting. Because, but a, a physical confrontation, the biggest I've ever been in my life, probably without actually fighting someone. <laughs> and uh, that's how you know you're friends with him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, but that's when you know you're like, when we got over it. And yeah. He, he, I apologized. He apologized. And it was like, it was really cool. This was probably 20 years ago. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I love Bobby. He's great. You're lucky to you're lucky to have who you have in LA in New York. Like the the elder statement statesman, and I, I say Bobby's an elder statesman. We're all I think stepping into the prime of our career right now. Yeah. But like, New York's got great fucking people. Yeah. Keith and Bobby and well, I wouldn't Colin. use Keith as an example, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Keith is fucking awesome. Colin is like David Tell. Colin is yeah. Colin is maybe. I, you know, I, Colin is, is up there with Norm with me. Yeah. Like just guys that you fucking love. Yeah. I love Colin Quinn. Me too. I love that he busts balls. Me too. He's so great. <laughs> and they're, and they're, and you guys all get to hang out with them. Like we never even saw those dudes when I was starting in New York. I know. I always think about that. Like I'll be sitting with, with them and, and I just go, holy shit. I'm sitting with guys that I just never thought I would even meet. You know, like yeah. guys that I was just like, those are like, um, you know, what? I don't even want to say it because now that I know them, it's just gross. But I was like, they're like, <laughs> they're like heroes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. now I like know them and I'm just like, Ugh. you know, yeah. but like yeah. <laughs> they're uh, they just mean so much to anybody that started comedy, 
you know, around the time that I started or, when did you or start? even before. I started in 2013, 2013. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which is crazy that that's even a long time ago now. Like, it's crazy to me that 2013 is a while ago. I know. It feels like fucking yesterday. God, you're so good for doing it seven years. Oh, thank you. Wait, seven years? Eight years? Eight years? I don't know. I can't do math, but. I was. Oh, this would be like a simple fun, edition is this would eludes be a me. Fun game. I was I was doing this thing with Segura. Tell me what you think for you. Okay. We were saying today, so so tens tens, the representation of you on stage. Ten. It's I, I, we're trying to explain. I was trying to say how Ten much. Years? Of, no 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 no. This is a personality thing. Who you are on stage versus who you are off stage. Right. So if you're a ten on stage, what number would you give yourself to equivalent? who you are off stage to how close you are to that 10. So like for Tom, he said, I'm probably a six or a seven. Meaning if I'm a 10 on stage, if you meet me in real life, you'll get 60 or 70% of what you saw on stage. Yeah. But it's not what you see on stage. So he said for Chappelle, oh, wow. 10, Chappelle's a 10 and a 10. Yeah. He is who he is off stage as he is on stage. Yeah. Okay. So it, I'm a woman. So it depends on the scenario. You know what I mean? Oh. Off stage. It yeah. depends on where I am off stage, but Cause like, I have to like, there's certain situations where like, I'll like, I did KTLA yesterday morning yeah. and I closed the computer and I was like, who was that? Like, I had no idea who that bitch was. We, how so? I was just like, it's so great to be here. Oh my God. Thanks for yeah. having me. And I was just like, ew, <laughs> what's happening to me? Oh. I'm like, a, I pretended to be this like brainless idiot with like soft bones just to like, <laughs> yeah. to be likable. But if you know me, who I am on stage and you and you know me off stage, like I'm the same. But if you uh, but if on stage I'm a 10 and I'm in, let's say, a country club, I'm like a two off stage. Like yeah. you're getting two percent of who I really am. OK. Yeah. Oh, yeah I, I, I just I have see. to keep my mouth fucking shut because I'm just like people. I do run the risk of coming off very unlikable. If I act the way I do on stage, off stage. I see what you're saying. Because people yeah. are like, who is this? She's like a fucking angry bitch, you know? Like, and it's not, yeah. people don't want to like get to know you like that. There's certain people who appreciate that. And I love those people. And yeah. they're like meant for me, you know, like Keith Robinson is someone who I immediately like got along with. I was yeah. like, I love Keith. Yeah. And he, and he drives me crazy. Like, I want to take his cane and run away, yeah. you know? But, like, he's, he gets it, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Keith is 10 and 10, I think. Definitely. Who you get on stage is who you get off stage. Definitely. Uh, Jim Norton's, uh, uh, I would say, 10, 6, 10, mm -hmm. 5. Because mm -hmm. he's, I'd even say less, because he's very quiet. Yeah, he is. But, but he is so honest on stage that it kind of raises his number. Like, because he's... He's honest on stage and off stage. Yeah, he is. He um, really is. And I think Jim's kind of the same. If you know Jim, yeah. he's much closer to who he is off stage as he is on stage. Yeah. Bobby's 10-10, I think. Yeah. Bobby. Actually, I don't know about that. Why? Because I think Bobby is much more loving. Uh, oh, yeah. He's got a little. No, but I, you know, I haven't seen him perform in a couple years. But his he wasn't ten ten when he started. 
he was yeah. he was like it was it was like it was him he him and Dane were all like two ten right it was it wasn't who he was yeah but now that now that I think about it I I think he's closer on stage and off stage than he was when he started yeah this is a fun game I love this oh game. I'm you want to know the real fun one yeah I'm uh if I'm a ten on stage I'm an eleven off stage. <laughs> because i'm way more out of control that's great like what you think i am on stage i'm like worse than that i'm like yeah 100 like like on stage i've actually had to pull my personality back right and be like i'm crazy i take my shirt off i drink a lot and i'm gonna tell you all these horrible stories yeah but and you leave out the parts that I'm are like leaving out a lot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's a fun game. We, I love that. I used to love, and this is like, this is like wake up and wake up. This is my favorite thing to do is like wake up with comics and just tell jokes. Yeah. Or come up with fucking premises. One of my favorite ones was do the person's act, mm -hmm. but don't say words, just make sounds. Wait, so how would you? So David Tell would be, uh, <laughs> <This> eh, eh, <laughs> eh, 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 <laughs> right yes it's, it's great it's the funnest yes. the funnest to go to like uh bobby kelly's like yes it sounds like cartman a little bit yeah. <laughs> bobby lee bobby lee would be <laughs> i think that's racist that's, by the way that's not okay yeah, that's not that's okay, not okay. <laughs> no but it's, it's very like it's very like you just made right, karate yeah, sounds yeah. no but i mean, dude it's the yeah that did come out wrong ali wong is like no <laughs> yeah this yeah. is going south <laughs> that's great bobby lee's 10 10 he's yeah. definite 10 10 bobby lee's 10 10 tim dylan's 10 10 tim dylan's no, Tim Dillon's Tim not Dillon's, 10 10. Yeah. No. You don't think so? No, Tim, Tim, I think Tim, I would say Maybe Tim's an 8 10. 8 10. I'd say 8 10. Yeah. Yeah, because there's, but the I, my Tim Dillon's my favorite person to gossip with. He's great. I he's great. I love fucking, we toured, I toured, I did a week with him, and he's just, he's too tall for uh, the bunks. Mm -hmm. Like, he's you know, six four. Yeah, I and always forget how so, tall he is. And so he is, was really uncomfortable in the bunks. Yeah. And was like, uh, and then- we had set him up for it and he's like, I can't do it. Yeah. And, but I loved waking up with Tim Dillon. Yeah. Cause he was, he's like, bro, have you been on your phone today? And you're like, no. And he's like, ah, okay. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to smoke a cigarette. I'll be back. Yeah. 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 And, but he, uh, he was always so much fun to talk shit about, like to talk shit about, to talk shit about other people with, like yeah. he was, he it's was, one of my favorite things in the world. He's, it's like a, a the deepest bonding experience is to call Tim Dillon with something to bitch about. Like if I have something that I need to unload, Tim's got ammo. Oh, I texted him the other day. I texted him the other day mm -hmm. and I said, uh, I, I, he's the best. Cause I'll get a phone call from him and it'd be like, bro, you moving to Austin? And I'll be like, no. And he's like, okay, okay, hold on. And then he just shit on Austin. Yeah fucking top to bottom and i was crying laughing and austin is a pain in my fucking ass right now yeah so i've got to fly there twice a month yeah to go do two bears one cave right and i'm looking at my schedule going i don't go home i go straight to austin so i'm gonna be spending more time with tom and his family than my family <laughs> right and so i i was total ears for it i was like fuck i'm here for this conversation yeah one of my dreams is to invite tim dylan to my dad's like home in uh maryland yeah and to just go to the rifle go to the range and just shoot guns with tim dylan 
it at, is, your, is your dad Republican? Yeah. Oh, he would love oh, yeah. to. He would love Tim Dillon. Yeah. I mean, Tim's like literally called me to be like, can you get your granddad to be on my podcast? And I'm like, I can't. I can't do that. There's no way that I could get that to happen. But it's I'm like, it's a brilliant idea. I yeah. totally get why he would. Do you know, you know who else? You know, who else's parents are in or families in politics? Um, Schumer. Does no, it well, Schumer have uh, a yeah, cousin? Yeah, obviously. I think, they're like distant cousins. By the way, they're not. super distant cousins. Yeah. And they're that made like, me dislike him when he associated himself with her because I was like, I was like, you ignored her side of the family. Yeah. For your whole life. Right. And she knows that. And right. now, and she's like, I'll do whatever. I don't give a fuck if I can get whatever agenda yeah. passed through Senate, whatever for gun control or whatever. Right. I mean, she did have a fucking shooting at her fucking movie. Yeah. I mean, and she's talked about it, how like that, and the fact that that affected her, I think it really affected her. And she, she really did something about it. Yeah. Dude, you know? let me tell you something. If there is, if, if people started, I don't know what I'm trying to think what the thing for me would be, but I would definitely, I, that would affect me if I, my movie came out and there's a shooting, I would, it would affect yeah. me and I would, by the way, I'm fucks not, you up. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it, you know, and you got, you feel like your fans were hurt. Yeah. So I, I mean, I totally understand. Yeah. But I, Zach Galifianakis. What about his, uh, his, his sounds, his, his, uh, no, I, I thought you were going to do his sounds. And I was like, no. this is a challenge. Zach Galifianakis' uncle was like a huge governor. Oh, of, really? Uh, of Zach Galifianakis, um, politics. His uncle? Uh, I, I don't know. My allergies are so fucking bad right now. I've I've been there. It's fucking. It's but the worst. I, I'm having the hardest time breathing because I get asthma. Yeah. I, my my uncle said to me when I first got into stand up, he said, "Keep an eye out for a guy named Zach Galifianakis." Uh huh. I was like, "Okay." I, I'm, I hope I'm not fucking this up. <laughs> it says Galifianakis is a first cousin of comedian Zach. So Nick Galifianakis is. What did he do? He's like former U.S. representative. Nick Galifianakis. He's nobody. Yeah. By the way, there's also a, I'm just there's kidding. a cartoonist. I have no idea. <laughs> what? There's a cartoonist. Wait, what was the one? What was that? Well, hang on. Oh, I was someone else's idea. What? I don't want to spoil it. It's not my idea. I can't oh, share okay. it. Yeah, because it, but it's a good idea. Um, Jack Henry, who we work with, just edit this out. Okay. You know Jack Henry? I know that name. Yeah. Well, he, he, you work with Alex, right? Yeah. Yeah. He works for Judy. Jack Henry works for Judy. Okay. He, um, his idea was kind of, he was trying to write a joke. Yeah. But he didn't realize he was telling me the greatest idea ever. And he was like, I want to give a shout out to all the people who were born in the hospital on the same day as me. You're my, you're my day ones or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, I would love to go back. And meet all the people. Have a party, a reunion for all the people I was born with. That is so awesome. You have to do that. I would love to reach out and be like. That, you got to do that. And be like, hey, guys, I'm throwing a party in St. Petersburg where we were all born. Yeah. St. Petersburg, Florida. Bring your birth certificate. Bring your birth certificate. 
if you were born on November 3rd, 1972, then, and, and then have a chat, chat thread. Like how many, how many babies do you think are born on a hospital on an average day? Can you find that out, Halston? How many babies do you think are born on a, in a hospital? I mean, whatever it is, the number of them that you reach, well, you'll probably reach like half, right? Well, you got to figure, uh, you got to figure, what do you think? Like tw- 25% are, are dead. Yeah. Well, 25%, that's like a lot. I was, so wait, what's the average? Well, no, yeah, that's, that is a lot, right? The 45. 45. 45. Babies are born any day? On that's the it? average, there are 45 babies delivered each day in the larger hospital, and smaller hospitals are about 15 births each day. Um, worldwide, 385,000 babies are born each day. In the United States, 10,267 babies are born each day. Wow. So I could do, I could do fucking Clearwater. Yeah. Or do do St. Petersburg. Yeah. And I could find those people. Yeah. And then I could just be like, hey, we should all help each other out. Yeah. Like, like. The, well, help each other out. How? What do you mean? Like, like, what's a, like, what do you, what do you do? Are you a graphic artist? Let me hire you. Like, uh, oh, well, let me help you out. My, I, like, we just do like, like a, a real fraternity. Yeah. Like, oh, we should, guys, we started this together. We're day ones. Yeah. That's so. I'm gonna. I might keep that in, and because I was like, I was like, first of all, make a great television show. Yeah, It'll make it would. a great television show to like. That's such a great show. I wonder it's... how quickly if you put forty people in a room together, and they're like, guess what you guys have in common? I wonder how quickly they would realize they were all born in the same hospital. It can't. I mean. I'm I'm sort of a believer in like uh, astrology and shit like that. I'm by the way, I really want you to just go up and hang out with my daughter and be like, hey, your dad's okay. <laughs> Why? <laughs> the same shit you're going through with you, you went through with your parents or your yeah. dad. I, I think my oldest daughter is just it's, it's got to be very tough being. How old is she? 17. Oh, shit. It's very tough being uh, my child. Yeah. I, cause I, I, I'm, I cast like a perfect example is, you know, we were getting ready to go to dinner and I, and I was like, fucking couldn't find my mask. We're in Denver and I'm like, f- I'm like fucking upset. And I'm kind of arguing with Leanne about finding my mask and where it is and why don't I have it. Right. We walk out the door of the hotel and with my mask on, dude in the hotel goes, Hey, the machine. And I went, what's up brother? And my energy just changed. Yeah. And Georgia just goes, where was that in the room? And I was like, oh shit. She just is very astute. Yeah. She's like, uh, <coughs> I fucking killed my wife today. My movie <laughs> producer for my movie is 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 a big personality. Big personality, Republican. Yeah. Just fu- he is, if you Googled Hollywood producer, he is the guy. Yeah. He's also like six five. Right. Uh full head of hair good looking right uh just just uh, just and just very fuckable. very very yeah <laughs> yeah he's i'll show you a picture of him uh he's uh let's see this is him like i mean okay yeah guy, yeah guy you picked a you yeah, picked a real I picked a bad picture yeah that was a that's not him <laughs> there he is oh shit yeah and he's yeah. in good shape but he's like I mean, so he's talking to we're at, we're at some award thing and George is there and he's talking to me and he's talking to Georgia, trying to tell her what to do with her life. And yeah. that is not how you talk 
to Georgia. No. But giving her advice for her life, she doesn't want to fucking hear it. No. And Dude, I'm the same way. She was like, like this. go fuck yourself. And then he walked away and she just goes, of course you're friends with him. Oh, and I shit. Went, what? She goes, this makes more sense than anything I've ever seen. Oh, my and God. I was like, really? And she goes, uh, the two loudest guys in the fucking room? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I don't but know. does she mean it to be like i don't think she is she like is it a harsh criticism or is it just like a sort of a, a little bit of a dagger i think it's dagger i think it's like i think it's i think Death she's by i think she is definitely got, yeah i think she's got a, a personality of like hey we bust balls that's what we do right and it's always been how my family runs is yeah we bust balls we as same and she just is a ball buster but she busts my balls an aggressive amount now yeah where she's just like yeah it's like it's different when it's coming from a teenage girl it's it's more hurtful i yeah. i will i will say like as a i mean having been a teenage girl i just said some of the meanest shit to my family and we're the same way we we just like fuck with each other we roast each other all the time that's how we get along yeah but there's times when we're so sarcastic that there's an absence of actual like real connection yeah and it just it becomes like toxic and the same thing with me and my husband like really yeah we fuck with each other so much that it can get like it'll be like okay well that one hurt you know yeah. and, and the other one just keeps going and then it's like no that like really hurt <laughs> you know like oh. and it's just but once you're in it you don't want to apologize because it ruins the joke yeah you know oh yeah like they uh you're like oh come on it's funny if if shit gets real like i had i talked about it on two bears today but i had a really bad panic attack um sunday flying out of denver yeah because i'm not really comfortable around people yet yeah like as despite fucking doing red rocks and 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 i'm not really comfortable in large groups of people yet well it makes sense because life on the road is actually very isolatory like you have yeah. your people but that's those are the only people you see you know yeah, really. that's all you see yeah and i fucking and and denver's airport was like fucking chaos yeah real chaos and so i um i had a fucking panic attack and my daughters were very caring when yeah. they knew i was hurting they were like they're like oh this is this could pop yeah but um yeah i have panic attacks a lot actually but they yeah they're always um they're i think they're kind of like ocd ish related because they're always Do like you have ocd i think it's a little bit of that okay i'm I, right on board yeah it was like uh it was like so i have this fear of being um poisoned <laughs> like, really yeah i have a fear of being poisoned and it's always when i'm leaving a party and I think it's because my sister died after a party. And I think that they're connected on some level. Your like, sister died after a party? My sister, I left a party that was for my high school graduation. And my little sister drowned at that party, which there's like a whole. Wait, wait I knew your sister had passed away, but I didn't know. How? I didn't know. No, I knew. I knew how. I, I knew how. I've, <laughs> I think I've told you this. I've thought about your sister. Uh every time i got I get into a hot tub really since i was a child really i when your sister passed away that was it was extremely it was a like very public that this that that had happened yeah yeah and um 
and it was and it was something we were all right it could have happened to any single one of us yeah everyone fucking correct me if i'm wrong but and you don't, I don't, you don't have to talk about this at all if you don't no, want. No, it's fine. But she was in a hot tub, correct? Yeah, she was in a hot tub and her hair got stuck in the drain. Yeah. And they couldn't, three grown men like couldn't pull her out. Like it was like these drains, like they, ever since then, there's been legislations that's, that's been passed in her name mm-hmm. that like all of those, if you have a hot tub, it has to be covered, right? Like mm-hmm. the drain has to be covered. But it was at this high school graduation party for my high school. So I have this like, obviously, I went to college with this. How old was she? She was seven. She was a child. Yeah. And I was 17. So I was like nearing adulthood. And I went to college. And um, every time I, I mean, I did a ton of drugs and alcohol. So I didn't really feel any of it for a long time. I didn't really Mm. process any of it. But then once I did and I'd been in therapy for a long time and I'd been sober, I would leave a party and immediately I would get this feeling like this sick feeling. And because I'm not an emotional like thinker, like my emotions have to make sense to me logically. I have to go, okay, it's uh, this is probably just from something. So I'll be like, oh, I was I was probably poisoned or I probably ate something that was drugged. And now I'm. Dude, like, I mean, am I allowed to mention uh, what happened with with Ari? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So that is like my biggest fear. Like when I heard that story, I had a panic attack from hearing it. Like it, it's yeah. this deep fear of mine that I, that everything, that you can lose control of everything in a second just from like eating or drinking something that you didn't know was. And it, oh, like I will be in the car and I'll just be driving. And then that feeling comes up and I'm like, oh, fuck, you probably ate something or you probably did something. And then the the panic starts to happen. And I'm like, it's kicking in. Yeah. So it's like it feeds this like what if thinking that is both kind of connected to OCD and the contamination space and anxiety that has found a new way in to my mind and yeah. psyche. Oh, I uh, I definitely um food poisoning for me is 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 something that i i because i'm a little reckless and so like i perfect example is like we're in serbia and i go to eat sushi yeah that we had had left in the refrigerator right and the second i eat it i go why would i do that right why wouldn't i just go get sushi like this is so stupid and then i just and then i immediately believe i'm sick yeah i believe i'm sick to the point i mean me and my buddy my my buddy keith hemstreet's like this yeah he and and i uh, oh, I'll give you a perfect. I'm, I get this happens with Xanax. Oh, really? Yeah. So I. You remember. Like oh, when you take Xanax. So, so, you- so I have a really hard time taking Xanax and I, and I do take it uh-huh. from time to time because I just need to. I, I do need to tap out. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about taking one tonight, but I think I might drink. <laughs> um, but so what, something really fascinating that happened to me is I hurt my arm in Serbia mm-hmm. uh, doing that movie. Yeah. And they pers- they gave me the, no one spoke English, and the doctor gave me a pill. And I took the pill, and I was like, okay, thank you. It didn't really help, but I didn't know what I'd, t- I'd taken. Yeah. And then that night I get home, and I'm like, I'm not going to drink. I'm just going to take a Xanax and go to sleep. I take the Xanax and realize I've taken another pill. What if they counteract? And I 
freak out. I freaked out all fucking night. And I'm on a Xanax. So I'm like trying to fall asleep. I'm going, don't, you're going to die. You're going to die. And I was like, it was horrible. Oh, fuck. I can totally see myself going down that road. Like, But that's why I stay away from Xanax. Because I'm like, don't do it. Because you never, like, you got to think about it before you do it. But I, I constantly... I was at when I was at that airport um, in Denver. Mm-hmm. I said, I said maybe I'll just get like a Bloody Mary or something. I need something to yeah. take the edge. Maybe if I drink, this will go away because that's right. normally how I get panic to go away. Yeah. And I got a Bloody Mary, and I couldn't. I took one step. I watched him make it. Yeah. He touch. He was touching everything like yeah. aggressively, and I'm like, dude, there's a fucking coronavirus. And yeah, what the fuck are you doing? And that how long is this? Did he put new Bloody Mary mix in there? Right, Does he right. give a fuck? He doesn't give a fuck. And it's like, I'm going to drink it, but <laughs> <Yeah>. what the fuck? <laughs> and then, so you drink it and then you Have go Have you like, ever been drugged? Um, I haven't. I've been drugged um, a number of times. That's so fucked up to me. And I, and listen, I love Ari. I really do. I love Ari. But that, that was that story. I was just like, oh fuck. Cause it's like my deepest fear. It's funny. I just saw him for the, not the, I've seen him since I've seen him since. But I saw him for like, we did a podcast. We did the Two Bears, One Cave guest. He's a guest there. Yeah. And um, it it did. And, and as much as we both worked very hard to make sure that it didn't affect our relationship. Yeah. It definitely did. Yeah. At parts because even going there, I just, I was thinking, make sure to have all your drinks away from him. Right. Because there's a part of Ari, there's a part of Ari that is pure comedy where he goes yeah. the funniest thing to do would be to drug you again right but that's where ari and ari is that's where he lives that's where his brain is yeah and ari's brain is always in the the bit the bit and 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 sometimes for ari the bit is is the most aggressive thing you can do pull your dick out uh throw a hot dog in your pool uh, somebody dies i'm gonna trash the yeah. person that everybody's yeah uh, he's he, like he is a a comic, like through and through. Oh yeah, he is a fucking comic, and he's a comic first. And I hear a lot of people go, "I'm a comic first, and then I'm a this or a that." But it's like Ari's a comic first. Ari, he's the only person in, that I know who's truly a comic first. He would, he will, he will never talk bad about a comic who got canceled. Yeah, he he just doesn't do it, and he will chastise people who do. Yeah, he does not believe you should ever get canceled for a joke. I actually agree with that, but I do understand there's certain things I don't say because I don't want to have to deal with it. Yeah, there's certain things that I'll just stay quiet on, mostly because I feel like um, I'm feeding. Uh, there's a feeding frenzy happening, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't want to contribute to that. Yeah. So it's a lot of times, it is my way of just going. I don't. I'm not distancing myself from the person. You know, like, and yeah. I, and I, I often think about the person and what they're going through and how they would feel, you know, cause if I woke up one morning and that was happening, I, the people who reached out to me that day and who were like, how are you doing? That would be like a, a moment of like life changing, like, oh, okay. You're the real, you're the real deal. Well, you know, it's so funny as I, I have, I have reached out. To a lot of people that have been canceled. Yeah. Maybe not the day of, but it 
some but point. But it's either way. Yeah. Sometimes it's me. I end up saying, talking shit about them on accident. And then they're like, dude, what the fuck? Or like, right. they're like, you don't even realize what people are going through. Yeah. But I try to keep them. I try to just not talk at all about it because I don't need to. Yeah. I mean, nobody, nobody's asking for our... Um like take on the cancellation thing as much as we feel this sort of obligation to contribute, I think. Yeah. A lot of times, I mean, here's how I feel. If everyone is saying the same thing, it can't be right. Like, yeah. if everyone is saying one thing, my brain immediately goes to, well, that can't be the full truth. Um. And I do think a lot of times about, and that includes worship. That includes like the worship of certain people where I go, really? You think that person's the best that ever did it? Like, Don't, don't get me started. Everything's on demand right now. Movies. Uh, I, I actually car serve everything you can find. Uh, food, curbside pickup, drinks, food delivered right to your door. Your customers have grown to expect a simpler way of doing business, no matter what your product is. That's why more than 90,000 local businesses of all sizes have turned to Podium. Whether you have one location or a thousand, Podium can help you stay ahead. How does Podium work? Let me tell you how it works. Podium makes doing business easy by sending a text. When the text gets opened, business is done. All your employees can text from a single inbox, offering smoother experience for your customer. Answer questions, send a text. Collecting reviews, send a text. Scheduling an appointment for delivery, Send a text. Payment collections? Guess what you do? Send a text. Car dealerships are selling more cars by offering text message. There's a dealer in, uh, I don't know where they are, $50,000 truck in just four text messages. Home service providers are responding faster and winning more jobs than their competition. When a homeowner wants to get in touch, they don't leave a voicemail. Texting lets you get back in touch faster. I don't even, who gives a fucking voicemail? <clears throat> I'm a text motherfucker. I just got a text on my prescriptions already. Retailers are increasing revenue by allowing customers to shop via text. Boot more of that, please. Local service professionals keep clients longer and collect payments faster. The dentist in New York just had a million dollars in overdue collections. Sent everyone a text payment request. Collected 700000 in just two weeks. Today's customers expect on-demand everything, even from local businesses. Stay ahead of the competition with Podium. They have free plans for growing businesses, plus all the power growing businesses need to scale. Get started for free at podium.com slash pert. That's podium.com slash pert. This podcast is brought to you by Grunt Style. I just got all my Grunt Style in. Dude, I feel like a fucking gangster. Grunt Style is an American veteran-owned company, operated and owned company that prides itself in the patriotic spirit with the motto, self and pride, pride in self, military, and country. Here's what I love about Grunt Style. Those types of dudes and women who served in our armed forces know that quality gear is the most important thing you can have. If you're only, you can, you have to trust your gear. So they've got these great, all their outdoors jackets are fucking phenomenal. These grunt panties are the coolest fucking shorts around. I love them. And their shirts are badass. They got badass things on their shirts. It's all about attitude. They've taken the American fighting spirit and instilled it in everything they do. And you don't have to be a veteran to wear grunt style because I am not a veteran. But I dare definitely rock grunt style because I love freedom, bacon, and whiskey. They pride more than apparel. They instill pride. 
Grunt Style had humble beginnings. It was a t-shirt company founded out of the owner, put, founded out of the founder's back of his car. And now they have 400 American employees producing apparel for workout, everyday, fishing, hunting, you name it. If you are a member, you get free shipping, special discounts, and contests, and exclusive tees each month. Go check out their clothes. Their fucking clothes are pretty badass. Get an additional 10% off. Oh, you know, this is a great present for, <coughs> like, if you have a brother-in-law or a father or a friend that's been ex-military, this is great fucking present. Get an additional 10% off your first order by using my discount code, BERT, at checkout. Go to gruntstyle.com and use the discount code, BERT, at checkout for an additional 10% off your first order of any items. That is gruntstyle.com and use the code, BERT. I see, is it, when you talk about absolutes, that's where you get lost. Chris Rock's my, like, he's the guy that I watched do stand-up and I went, bring the pain. Holy fucking shit. Yeah. I want to do stand-up. Right. I mean, I watched that and I hit, Pause. I recorded it on a VCR. Yeah. And I ran over and I got a six pack of beer, probably a 12 pack, and sat and watched it and was like, this is why I, this is what I want to do with my life. Right. It was so brilliant. Yeah. But then, but then, you know. I felt that way when I watched, uh, I mean, I didn't feel like I wanted to do it with my life, but I remember just being drawn to killing him softly and, um, just watching it over and over and over again, quoting it. It's so funny. I did not like Killing Them Softly as much as I did his later work. Yeah. Killing Them Softly, was was that the one where he wore like, uh, like it looked like he wore prison clothes? Talked about the baby smoking I crack. can't remember. I might even be, I think so. Yeah. yeah. I think so. I was, I don't know when it, it when did it come out? Like, that would have been the one then. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I I I'm, I'll be very honest. It's 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 early Dave Chappelle. Yeah, and it's it's still high pitched Dave Chappelle. Yeah, and um, I I didn't love that special. I did. I have loved every special he has put out since. Yeah. I mean, and and by the way, I got to see him. I was watching him work in clubs. Yeah, back then because he was a lot in New York. Yeah, and I just he was just one of the he's one of the most one of the most fascinating people watch to watch on stage. Right. He just really, he really does, <coughs> he really does encapsulate everything about performing. Yeah. And just, even for him watching him light a cigarette. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's one of those people that I'll watch and, and just literally study what he's doing. Um, yeah. And. But you can find flaws in, in what he does. Everyone can. Well, if you've watched enough of someone. Yeah. If you watch enough of someone, you start catching stuff where you're like, Hey man, if you had a coach, he'd be like, "You got to stop doing that shit." Right, right, right. Like, I, I have never seen. I haven't seen enough of Chris Rock. I haven't and seen enough of. By Chappelle. the way, I do feel like a fucking asshole even looking at him and going, "What's what can I find in that that's wrong?" Because no, watching, no, no, no. You're because myself, I go, "You don't know what the fuck you're doing." No, but you. But here's the thing: he could do it to you very easily, very quickly, because yeah. he's been doing it so long. But trust me, that's that's the reason. You that's the reason that you keep working at it because that's why you keep writing hours because when you stop writing an hour, all of a sudden you just get stuck in a time loop Yeah, and you're like, that's who you are forever. When you keep writing, keep working. I could, there's everyone's got their crutches. I, everyone's got their crutches. And, right. and I can't find burrs. Like I, I've watched a lot of Bill Burr and I can't find the thing where I'd go, Hey, if, if you quit doing that, well, that's what I love about Burr and Chappelle is that they've, they're they never the same person 
in each special, they, grow. they are a different incarnation of themselves. And I go, oh, that's how you grow as a fucking artist is yeah. you keep taking risks. You keep finding what's new. And like, like when I did. Um, Chappelle has done that. You should every single special. Top to bottom. And Bill Burr has done that top to bottom. And I think that is, that is what I, that is what I try to emulate out of those two dudes. Yeah. Is they take big risks and do big things. Yeah. And I, when I like meet or when I talk to Burr and when I, when I've talked to Chappelle, I become a nonverbal infant. Like I'm a useless person. I don't know how to talk to them because I've, I've just that, that worship that I criticize. Yeah. I'm obviously, I wouldn't even notice it if it weren't part of who I am, you know? Yeah. So I, I do, when I see them, I'm just like, Bleh. I just a fucking idiot. And, uh, but I want so badly to just keep learning the thing that I don't understand yet. And I think they're really good at that. They're good at like, they're aware of what they don't know yet. And then they try to do that. And I'm like, holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the the thing is to, you know, I remember Stanhope on a podcast one time said, by the way, Stan Hope's another one of the greatest ever done it. Yeah. I mean, he is fucking genius. Yeah. He's really fucking amazing. Um, he, but he said, you know, just never, he goes, I wrote all the jokes. Well, I'm going to write more rape jokes. Am I going to write another rape joke? Right. Am I going to write one more abortion joke? Like yeah. what, what, what am I going to do? Yeah. And, uh, even Attell I, said that he makes that Stan Hope makes him feel like a fraud. Like, cause Stan Hope is just, he's very, he's very cynical. And so he sees things for what they are. Yeah. But he's also, he's a big fan of shit, mm -hmm. which is like, you don't expect that out of Stanhope. Yeah. Like he fucking thinks, you know, he fucking thought Norm MacDonald was a goddamn genius. Yeah. I bet Stanhope, I bet Stanhope has posted something very long and thoughtful about Norm today. Yeah. Cause you know, <coughs> I guess. Norm, or he may have just like not been able to say anything yet. Stanhope is one of the best goddamn writers in the world. The way he has such a way with words on paper, yeah, and even performing them. Doug Stanhope. Let's see what he said. What? Nothing. He re he retweeted that this guy Ken Lane. Do you know Ken Lane? I don't know Ken. Ken Lane. No. Because to honor Norm's memory, Saturday Night Live should be canceled. <laughs> I'm following you for that joke, Ken Lane. <laughs> That's great. That's fucking great. Oh, wow. So he's, so Stan Hope's, Stan Hope goes, I will absolutely take Jim Brewer's canceled date at Royal Oak Music Hall. Seriously, I have, I have, I don't have any opinions, Vax cards and all that, hollow, any, any opinions on Vax cards are all that hollow blue. This is just a blatant opportunist of time and I want to be open. Please reach out to Brian Hennigan to square these dates. And then it's next week. I'm canceling all dates at venues that require you to be 21 to drink alcohol in a country that recruits you to die in a war at 18. Want to keep going? And he's just, keep, I fucking stand up the fucking greatest. <laughs> I stand up so someone I had, a, I had a hard time talking to. Yeah. 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 And I became, it, it took a while. Yeah. But we did a podcast together, got fucking blitzed. And then I was all of a sudden, I was like, I could be friends with him. Yeah. Burr, I've never had that problem with. I'm also afraid of like, when I meet people, I look like someone that's trying to get them canceled. 
Like I, you know, <laughs> you definitely, you definitely have that. Yeah. Look. So I'm like, ah, oh, they have to like, I need for them to like, trust me before I could, because it's going to come off like with my face, it's going to come off like, oh, this bitch. Yeah, you do. Yeah. has a knife in her back pocket. You know? She is waiting for you to say a slip up yeah. and say something off color. And then she's like, oh, women's rights. Is right. that what we're talking about? Right. And it's yeah, like, do. it's the total opposite. I yeah. mean, I, I don't, um, it's so hard because if you say like, yeah, I don't, I'm not for the cancel culture. I'm not like here for that. Yeah. It is, um, people go, oh, you're like a self-hating woman. And I'm like, or you just fucking hate nuance. I don't know. Like what, I don't know yeah. what to tell you when I, I, I'd never, this is not a like popular opinion, but like, um, I still fucking, I love Louis jokes. Like I will, oh. I will always watch his specials. I will always, because I love comedy and I love stand up, and I don't really, I don't enjoy, and I don't, I can't write jokes in a world where everything is black or white. I can't write from that place. Yeah. Like I have to, I have to look at everything. I feel like, I feel, I feel like I am an idiot because I, I don't really think about cancel culture when I write jokes. Yeah. Like I don't, I definitely don't. And I don't, when I do podcasts. Well, you can't, you can't think about it when you're writing jokes. If like you, I, if I don't you think do, like, you're like, you're, you suck. Like I write, if I write a horrible joke, like I, I think of I, the one thing I think of I, when I write a joke is not, not uh, I, I don't want an audience member to have a bad time. Right. Like I had a joke that was a, a little, little too aggressive and i remember a fan coming up and going just so you know that that joke it's it's off right and, and i'm like oh for real I, I just am unaware that that is how people yeah respond to material sometimes yeah um because i think they should go oh they're all jokes you should know i'm trying to make you laugh and if i don't make you laugh then that's the price i pay right <clears throat> but i realized in that experience that i don't want anyone to leave my show and feel less than human or like or have the worst night of their life or bring right. up some horrific tragedy yeah i'm not trying to ruin anybody's night but yeah. also uh why would you give me the power to ruin your night like, I, why I, the fuck i've never given anyone that's, that's an interesting side bait because i have never given anyone the opportunity to, and and trust me when i say if we're talking about cancer culture the people that are trying to ruin your life are the people online in your comments trashing you right. going like hey you fat alcoholic you're going to die in surgery. Good luck. Good luck yeah. with your daughters fucking being whores. And you're like, huh? what the fuck? Dude, that was, I was, when my phone got leaked, that was the text that sent me over the edge. That I, and I broke and I went on two bears gave and I fucking lost it. Dude, I would too. I mean, I, I also think about this. Like I did, uh, I did a bunch of jokes about miscarriage because it was something that I went through Yeah, and I did these jokes I was at the cellar and I get this, you know, people's phones are locked up, which again, the right thing to do. Yeah. But I, uh, I remember I did these jokes and they crushed. I was like, these are fucking, these are crushing. Yeah. And, uh, this woman wrote to me and she goes, you ruined my birthday. <laughs> and I was like, no, I ruined someone else's birthday. 
Like, <laughs> like to be fair, yeah. if we're going to break it down, yeah. you know, she goes, not everybody is happy they had a miscarriage. And I'm like, when did I say I was happy oh my God. that I had a miscarriage? She's, she's taking her experience and trying to trump your yeah. experience. No, I mean, that's it was like the fucking Olympics or the something. The most narcissistic thing to do. No, I, she was upset that I didn't have the same reaction to my miscarriage as she did. And the truth is, I did have the same reaction. I just wrote jokes about it. Yeah. And that's the shit that like drives me fucking crazy is these people look at what you do on stage and they go, that's that's just those are her beliefs up there. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not interested in telling you what I believe in. I'm not yeah. a fucking priest. You know, I'm yeah. just a clown. I just want you to laugh, have two drinks and buy a shirt. Right. That's it. And go home and fuck your wife. Yeah, and I and and, and I, <laughs> I would love it if the next day at lunch you smiled and you went, Oh shit. Do you remember what Bert said last night? Right. That's it. I want you to have the I want you to have really honestly, if if we're being very candid to break it down, I want you to have the greatest night of your life. Yeah. I want you to pay for my show. I want you to fucking laugh your ass off. I want you at one point to be laughing so hard that you feel like you're gonna throw up. Right. Yeah. And then I want you to drink i want you to get home safely and all i want is the next day next day just bring up that you had a good time that's yeah. it but if i could really do my job i'd do what david tell did to me and i would make it so that i had a catchphrase that entered your family's life yeah it was your family's catchphrase and your daughters didn't know it was david tell yeah boogly watch yeah. out <laughs> everyone get it that's gonna get it let's move along yeah i wanted to sound like a boot stuck in mud only wetter <laughs> <laughs> oh nobody has freckles on their ass work on them i gotta <laughs> keep my throat warm for the cock sucking competition later oh god there's so many you know the type of girl that goes outside and yells the n-word at a lunar eclipse <laughs> that is he is the fucking okay if we're gonna say goat David Tell is the yeah, goat without he's so a doubt. So fucking good. It's like watching Who's somebody. Next? It's like watching somebody go like this, and the football goes three football fields, like just a flick of a wrist, and it's the fucking thing is off. I'll like, tell you what I do. I, I give you every cent that Netflix is paying me. I'll give it to David Tell, and then go. Can I just tell your jokes? <laughs> how fucking? And I just, I'd be like, I just want to do your. I just, just want to do your act. I would. Do you know how hard I would kill? With it, I like I would love to be able to kill like he kills. I know. I would love to feel that feeling when he just fucking hammers them. Yeah. Because I can't do what he does. I would love to feel that. He's so he's such a. If we're talking about like creatures of comedy, you know what I mean? He, like, yeah. He's a creature. Oh yeah. Dave is a creature, and he'll show up. I remember standing outside of City Winery in New York during the like God, height of the pandemic. Of wine so bad. Go have some. I don't have a bottle in here. Do we have bottles of wine here, Halston? Oh, we have a box of wine? Get, a, we had get that some. box full of alcohol that was in there. And I think there was some wine on the countertops, but. Get yourself a glass of wine. Let me make sure. What time do you have to get out of here? It's 8.30. Really oh, well, then I'm, I don't have to get out of here. I, I was going to do Bobby's show, but I'm not going to make it. What Bobby? Lee. Is he going to be mad if I cancel? No, what time is his show? Eight. I'm not going to make it. What's that, where is it at? <laughs> it's at the improv. What time is it last spot? Uh, fuck. Nicole's texting me now. She's like, you're late. What time's last spot? You can make it if you run over. Where are you? They're asking me to ask you. I'm, I'll, I'll just say I'm still at Burt's. Tell them you Bert's. can leave now and if, you, if, if they can, maybe if you can make it. 
Call mm-hmm. her. Call her. Put her on the podcast. All right. I don't think I'm going to make it. What time's late? And I don't want to take the car all the way there and then not. I would rather stay and do and pod yeah. than to go all the way there and not. Your call has been forwarded to an what time does the show go to? I'm trying to think. They start at seven. They start at eight. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think. I think the last spot's at like eight fifty-five. Yeah. I don't. I don't think I'm gonna make it. Fucking Alex called me right before I walked in here. He goes, "That's gonna be pushing it," and I was like, "Okay." I don't think I'm gonna make it. Yeah, I. Uh, I would always bail on a. I mean, I would I always bail on spots to do shows. And if I do a podcast, I just sometimes I won't do a show that night. Yeah. I mean, I never know how it works in L.A. Like sometimes you can get like 16 things done in a day and other times you're lucky if you get two. So yep. it's such a fucking weird toss up. And I always feel like I'm canceling shit while I'm here and I feel today, bad today about it. Today was a five get things done day. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Today was and tomorrow's tomorrow's aggressive. Oh my the God. rest of this, well, the rest of my stay in LA is very aggressive. How long are you in town for? I am in town until October. October sixth, I go to Montgomery, Alabama, mm-hmm. then Augusta, Georgia, mm-hmm. then Charleston, West Virginia, and then Atlanta. Now, are those all like? Let me ask you this. Shoot, let me get a drink. Yeah. Are you going to do, should I wait to ask? Okay. Are you going to do um, like the whole, now I think it's very funny that the, that conservatives are canceling people, you know, yeah. like they're all like going after Tim because he isn't, he's doing shows in vaccine, like vaccines, mandatory spots, you know? Wait, yeah. He's doing shows at these venues that mandate the vaccine because the state mandates it well his fans are like they're just basically quoting uh jim being like it's segregation and now they're trying to cancel they're like they get oh, so pissed yeah i guess so i went to a fucking show that mandated vaccines i i don't I went to jimmy buffett it's so funny to me that people are now they're going if you refuse to perform at a at a venue that is uh, that mandates vaccines, you're like a hero to the... To who? To the non-vaxxers. Okay. And so now that it's almost like they're they're really... Liberals and them are the same, like the far left and the they are the same person. That's funny. That's so funny. They just texted me about that today. They were like... They, they, I just got a text today asking, what are they saying? Are they saying... No, I, I just, yeah, she's just, she's just, she just wrote back K. That's not good. That's not good. <laughs> that's not, that's not, that's not a totally understand it. Yeah. I, I, <coughs> what about, what about, um, if Bobby, if Bobby hears this, I'm really sorry, Bobby. Should I text him? I'll text this Bobby. This is a bad, this is a bad episode for Bobby Lee. My impression of him. Yeah. <laughs> she just wrote not the end of the world, which. That's fine. Then don't reply. You're good. Okay. You're in the middle of a podcast. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, and she's listening to this now going, okay, Bert told her not to reply. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I and, have the tapes. Yeah. Yeah. The Look tapes, at the receipts. The tapes. I have I vid- the tapes. I say stuff like I videotaped it. My daughter's like, oh, fuck, I say that man. shit too. I say that shit too. Um, 
I, uh, anybody in their thirties says I videotaped it. A little Buffalo trace. We'll see if you <laughs> like it. <laughs> what do you find disgusting about vaping specifically? Um, it, it's, it's not sexy. It's no, not it's gross. not sexy. It's just not sexy. I don't mind like, like I, there's, I can't smell yours. Yeah. That's I don't good. mind it. If it's, it's when it's, it's the, the this vaping's fine. It's the big cartridge. The gigantic clouds. You're, you're just blowing huge smokes and you're like, and you're like, we're all smoking that. Yeah. Like, and, like, and it just doesn't look, I'm sure it's got to feel cool to just blow like huge smokes of it vape It doesn't. Out. It feels like if you don't show some shame while you're vaping, if you don't like, you know what I yeah. mean? Or like try to like conceal it, you look like an asshole. I loved, I loved vaping marijuana. Yeah. I used to have a vape pen for marijuana and I loved hitting that. It's got to be so and, much better than actually like just joints or. I mean, oh, it's no, no, no. Nothing's better than a joint. Really? Nothing's better than a blunt. Blunts are the fucking greatest. I used to love uh, bongs. I used to love taking oh, yeah. like huge bong rips. I bet you Which could is sort fucking... of, it does make me feel better. Like vaping is kind of like that, except yeah. the smoke looks like meth smoke. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it yeah. looks like meth smoke. There's nothing better. Like the, in when I was in Red Rocks, I got done my show and I lit a joint that had a glass tip to it. Yeah. And it was heavier than a normal joint. Yeah. And it was really fucking enjoyable. And yeah. I really loved it. Yeah. And I, I just sat in my green room. There was like, you know, 20, 30 people in there. Yeah. Just finished Red Rocks and I got a fucking joint and a cocktail and I'm just enjoying fucking life. Yeah. I was so happy. But I like the heaviness of of these these <coughs> these blunts are from um El Blunto and uh -huh. they have glass tips and I love the glass tips. Why? I I don't know. It just it, makes it smoother. It actually makes it a lot smoother and it doesn't it draws very nicely. Oh, okay. Um, but all of these blunts are all, uh, I think they're all, uh, like dipped or like, so they're all like extra, extra, extra strong. Right. I gave one to one guy one time and he hit it and was like, you could tell he was like in space. He was like, yeah. I was like, oh, you weren't ready for that. Were you? He's like, oh, these are heavy. These He's are like, strong you just, blunts. You just changed my day. <laughs> God, there's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing more than when marijuana hits you. Did you ever have panic attacks when you smoked marijuana? I did. I had a couple of, I had a couple moments. I remember one time specifically, it was the first time I ever had an edible. We made cookies and uh, we watched Forrest Gump and there was, it was a scene in the rain and it was so loud. And I remember watching it with all my friends and being like, this is too loud. Oh my God. Oh my God, Rosebud, what if we have the same brain? Can I tell you, this is too loud is how my all my panic attacks start. Yeah, I go, this is too loud. And if people, if it's not, if it's just this loud to me and it's not this loud to everybody else, they're all going to know how high I am. And yeah. if, if they know how high I am, then I look like I'm losing my mind in public. And I can't, I can't do that. <clears throat> I can't Rosebud. let people see that. So that, so when I was a kid, my first set, set of, of panic attacks was watching Johnny Carson and I felt like he was yelling at me. Yeah. And I would go to my dad and I'd be like, Johnny Carson's yelling at me. <laughs> and he'd be like, he's not fucking talking to you. And I was like, no. Can I tell you what I, I did? This is, you want to know real crazy? It's so fucked up because if you went into a therapist's <laughs> office and you said that, they'd be like, he's schizophrenic. I, so <laughs> I, I, oh, fuck, I'm trying to think of the right way to say this. So I, I've, I have a friend uh -huh. that i that had never was never on instagram it's, it's gonna come out sound it's not gonna make a ton of sense okay I, a friend of mine is never on instagram i introduced him to instagram and then they started an instagram page and then they started using instagram mm -hmm. and i abusing it no using it oh 
But I felt like they were talking to me in all their Instagram posts. And okay. All their Instagram posts I thought were meant for me. Right. And I was like, I was like, this is like creepy. Like they're talking to me. They're like, yeah. I think this, I think this person that I introduced to Instagram actually has a crush on me and is trying to get me to leave my wife. And then someone said, oh, no, no, no. That's what stalkers do. Stalkers believe that that person's talking to them. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck are you t-? like? And right. I, I've had right. stalkers. Yeah. So I'm like, oh shit. Did I just slip into stalker mode? <laughs> like I just, I just transitioned into a stalker so easily that I was like, it just fuck. happened like that. One day you woke up. I'll show you their posts. And I got to be honest with you. You look at them. I go, I think they're talking to you too, Bert. And I go, I swear to God, I think they well, are. Show me the posts. Show me the posts. <laughs> I, hope, I hope they're still on here. I love this. I mean, this person, I introduced them. What do you mean you introduced them to Instagram? They'd never heard of Instagram? No, what heard year of it. They was just it? didn't use it. Oh, okay. No, they have no. They have no. No, they have no. They blocked you because you're a no, stalker. No, no, no. They don't know who I am. <laughs> they don't know that I'm talking about them. <clears throat> but yeah, I. I uh, and so I. But I. My anxiety attacks have always felt like everything's very, very loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's so crazy. Things are too loud. Things are out of control. I can't I can't manage the room or the atmosphere. It's all control related. I, I need to get out of here. Like Yeah. I get panic attacks very acutely. Like very like fucking pinpoint anxiety mm-hmm. attacks um when I go scuba diving. Really? So wait, why you want to know why do you continue to do scuba, scuba I diving? I did it for television. I had to do it for television. Oh, right. Yeah. And so I would have to go fucking scuba dive down to like 90 feet and hang out with a whale shark <laughs> and just be like, and I and I would knew that we'd be down there for like 15, 20 minutes. Well, that one could have had something to do with the shark. It's a whale shark. They're harmless. But it's so funny. I There's so many things that have happened in my life that and working for Travel Channel when I would have legit panic attacks. Yeah. Because I thought I was, I really legit thought I was going to die. And I, my workaround was to find the camera and play to the camera. So yeah. if I found the camera, I go, no one dies on television. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> this is going to be fun. And, and secret time, a lot of times when I do Instagram stories, I, it's a way to get my, turn myself around. Yeah. Like if you don't see me on Instagram for a while, either I'm doing really good, like I'm doing really good and I don't, I don't need it. But like, if you see me on Instagram a lot, yeah, like I'm, I'm like, it's, it's a, it's, it's a great cheat code for me. Same. It's all of a sudden it's crazy. If I start on an Instagram story, I'm like, what's up everybody. And I, my energy's up. Yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. We got it. Like, yeah, I'm depressed. And I'm like, I'm not doing shit with my life. And then I go, let me just go on. Let me get an Instagram story in and we'll, and, and what would be a good thing to do? We'll go to the sauna. Oh, let's go sauna. Let's go sauna. And then we'll Instagram. And then you get in the sauna and next thing you know, you're in a great fucking mood. Get on a treadmill. Oh, there's so many times where yeah. I'll 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 turn on my Instagram stories and go, all right, I'm getting up. I'm going to work out. And yeah. then I post it and I go, well, now I'm accountable. Yeah. I do that too. Yeah. I'll be like, if if I'm telling all these people I'm gonna do it, I have to do it. You know, I have yeah. to like go through with it. Except for those question and answer things. Sometimes I'll post like a question and answer thing, and then people ask me questions and I'll be like, I don't want to answer any of these. No. You know, <laughs> I don't feel like giving <laughs> the, the questions are all the same. And also there's a lot of comics that follow me. And they're always asking, like, one of the questions was like, what's the best green room in comedy? And I was like, what? Oh, that's easy. Tacoma. I just went, that's, I, I just went, that's not a question. I, Tacoma, I literally was like, I thought they meant. Oklahoma City. Any of the ones that the, that those guys run out of uh, Spokane. 
Those are the best green rooms. In, See, in you're comedy. such a better. That's that's no, 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 no. I'm this just, is where I've you're likable. I've been doing stand up 13 years longer than you, 15 years longer than you. I also, though, just but, immediately read that and was like, too many comics follow me. I was oh. like, this shouldn't be a question. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I was like, oh, ah. oh <clears throat> I can tell you, uh, this is how. This is how. I, I I wish this was a skill set. I wish I could solve mysteries with this. Like, if <laughs> Nikki Glazer ever gets murdered on the road, I can find out. I can. I could bet I could solve it. Yeah. One time I remember Nikki was like, uh, she posted a picture and she goes, I'm super excited for my workout today. And she posted the picture of the gym. Yeah. And I texted her and I said, Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> and she wrote back, Are you being serious? And I said, Microtel. And she went, Oh my fucking God. <laughs> and I nailed it. I could tell you, I could tell you green rooms. I I mean, there are green rooms that stand out, like Toledo's green room. Yeah. Um, I don't even think they have a club in Toledo anymore. I, think I can't even remember green rooms I've been in or clubs that I've been to. Like if I remember the name of a club, I had something crazy happen there. You oh, know? Yeah. Okay. Like my brain just goes, Bleh. like I, it's all becomes a blur <coughs> and I don't, I don't even like notice where I am. I might as well be blacked out half of my life. Um, Cobbs is an interesting green room. Cobbs is great. I liked that green room. Yeah, I also love room. their pizza fries. Oh, I didn't have another pizza fries. Oh my god, with pepperoni. See, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty strict on the road in mm -hmm. that I well, no, not not healthy. I always get roughly the same things. I'm like mozzarella sticks. Yeah, like wings. Would if you were like if death row kind of a thing, if you were like death's doorstep, or you were like ex what's it called? not exterminated? Toledo has the one what's of the it worst. Called when you Toledo has one of the worst green rooms in the fucking world because they have an electric toilet. That overflows constantly. Really? Toledo has the worst hotel green room in the fucking world. I felt like um, there was a, what was the one in Appleton, Wisconsin. I had a, I had a crazy. I'm trying to think what clubs that, that is. This was the funniest <clears throat> road gig I've ever done. It was like I was opening for Pablo Francisco two days after my dog died. I had to put my dog down. Oh my God. <laughs> Open for Pablo Francisco. And we were standing in the hotel lobby and Pablo started doing the movie voice, like the movie trailer yeah. voice. And I, I was so wrecked from my dog, like having to put my dog down. I just looked at him and I went like, it's only us two here. <laughs> I love that. I love that about you. We're the only two people. Here. I would like, I would like for you to come on the road with us for that. <laughs> Fucking, I think it's a DC, New York, Boston run. Yeah. Live in the bus with us. Yes. And then have you do fucking 10 minutes on on just what you witnessed. Because there's some things about me that I don't realize about me. Yeah. Like I just, I'm, I'm very unaware, meaning of how I'm perceived. And I, and I realized that when I did the movie of just how people take you in. Yeah. And I, there's parts of me where I was like, uh, that I, I would love to hear another comic just absolutely <laughs> light me up i love that too it's the same reason like i sent my special okay so do you know drew michael at all yeah no no i don't okay. but i know who he is okay hey, also, can you grab me that buffalo trace so uh, wait i, mean, I want to talk we have to talk about your special with the whole reason we're, we're yeah, here yeah. is to talk about your special yeah. i sent the i sent the special to drew michael drew michael's the guy that did the special with no audience yeah okay yeah which I, I've talked to him about that and I wouldn't tell what he has to say about it because it's his story to tell. But um, yeah, anyway, 
I sent it to him because I knew that Drew Michael would eviscerate it. Like I was like, whatever is good, it is. Is he a good comic? Yeah, he is a good comic. Okay. And uh, that, that special, his special was extremely interesting. Very interesting. But it, but it, it, but it, it, it was too, in my, in my opinion, it was too sexy. Like it was too intimate. Yeah. It was too intimate. Yeah. And, and, and the intimacy kind of threw me off from being able to watch it. I think that what, okay, so knowing Drew, I watched it and I was like, I see what he wanted to do. Yeah. And I see, I can't quite put my finger on what it, what it is that got missed but I felt like it missed, you know? But I still- But I, I still applaud. But the jokes I, in that I, I special- I applaud the big swing. I also watched that. It's a big swing, but it's also his first special. So it's one of those things where it's like, you know- um, We're talking about it. To subvert something. It's we're like, talking about him and we're talking about his special and everyone talked about that special. Yeah. And so he did the right thing. And also it made me laugh so hard to picture what uh, the, the comics at the cellar would say about it. Oh. It made me laugh so hard- because comics were like, we don't take anything seriously except for comedy. Oh, and yeah. then it gets to be this whole thing. And I was like, so I enjoyed it as a comic on that level. Well, comics are interesting because we're really shitty about certain things. I think this is getting infected. We're really shitty about on the certain inside? things. No, I don't know. It's the the scar is still bubbly. Oh. Anyway, it, it it we're really shitty. We're we're really sensitive. Yeah. <clears throat> like uh, like when Hannah Gadsby special came out, I was fucking fascinated mm -hmm. at all the guys, all the men, yeah, my, all my friends too, yeah, that were so offended by her that yeah. her special wasn't funny. And the people, it's all the people who are like, if you're offended, go fuck yourself. And I'm like, that is beautiful. Yeah, that's a beautiful irony, you know. <laughs> and and by the way, I I I don't know what I have said about this special because I'm certain I've gotten drunk on podcasts and 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 made fun of her special or yeah. whatever I'm, i don't really care i don't and everything's just to make anyone listening laugh but hannah gadsby's special was there's still a joke one of my favorite jokes one of my favorite jokes i've ever heard because i didn't i didn't do the math on it was um when i was growing up i knew more facts about unicorns than i did about lesbians yeah and, and then everyone laughs she goes guys unicorns aren't real there are no facts about and i was like oh my god like it's a yeah. great joke yeah <laughs> Yeah. Um, did she? Has she ever done? Did she do another special? Yeah, she did. Um, I forget what the name of it. I think it was Douglas. I might be wrong. This podcast is brought to you by Hims. If you've never heard me talk about Hims, then you have never listened to me speak because I've been talking about Hims for years now. Sixty-six percent of men start losing their hair, their hair by the age of thirty-five. I started losing mine when I was twenty-two. I did something about it. I had to go to a doctor's office and wait in an awkward line. And have a conversation with a female nurse and say, I think I'm losing my hair. And she was like, doesn't look like it. And I was like, honey, you just met me. How do you know what, what I had hair I had before? It was uncomfortable. Well, here's the deal. Hims is one-stop shopping for hair loss, skincare, sexual wellness, all for men. It's time to write a new chapter in your life. And that chapter should start with hair. Hims was created by a guy who knew some conversations it are easier for men. Some health conversations are easier to have online than in person. No one likes those awkward in-person in doctor visits or long pharmacy lines. I got to go to a fucking long pharmacy line today. <clears throat> Hims connects you with licensed medical professionals online, which would save you complete hours, completely confidential and discreet. Answer a few quick questions. Medical professional will review. And if they determine that it's right for you, they can prescribe you medication 
to treat your hair loss that's shipped directly to your door. That's the key word, medication with FDA-approved products that treat hair loss. Today, Hims is giving you their best offer yet. If you're not happy with their results after 90 days, Hims will give you a full refund. And right now, my listeners can get their first visit absolutely for free. Go to forhims.com slash BurtCast. That's forhims.com slash BurtCast. Disclaimer. Prescription products require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if prescription is appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Remember, that's forhims.com slash BurtCast. This podcast is brought to you by an incredible website nuts.com how they got that website i have no idea hats off to this company this i'm telling you this is one stop shopping for your pantry they have great nuts they have i'm a big nut lover because i feel like if you eat nuts you're being semi-healthy and by the way the nuts i got from them they're not the healthy kind dude this i'm telling you first of all nuts are some of the best snacks you can ever have literally a pocket full of nuts and you're fucking you are done but they don't just have that they have Items like candies, dried food, pantry items like baking mixes, pastas, varieties of snacks. I mean, they have everything. I was doing the math and I was like, they just ripped out three aisles of the grocery store for me that I don't have to go to anymore. When you start looking at online options of doing your shopping for your pantry, your freezer, whatever it is, with nuts.com, it's their pantry. You realize you don't have to go to the grocery store at all to get delicious, healthy nuts, dried fruits, flowers, grains. Many other high-quality products delivered straight to your door. Over 4,000 products to choose from. Delicious, health, healthy kid family snacks like dried strawberries, custom trail mix, plus all the raw, organic, salted, and candied nuts you can ever imagine. Even chocolate-dipped nuts. They have chocolate-dipped pretzels. Easy-to-navigate website with great photos of the products. A family-run business. Take pride and get you the freshest nuts you can ever get. Nuts.com is one-stop shopping for your pantry online. Like I said, you can find stuff for baking for smoothies rolled oats beans more gluten-free vegan options deliveries fast most most orders ship that day same day and the freshest products fresher than the supermarket new nuts.com shop customers get free shipping on your first order when you text bert to 64000 so text bert to 64000 to get free shipping on your first order from nuts.com that's Bert to 64000. Terms apply. Available at nuts.com slash terms. Um, are you in therapy? I am. Oh, I need to go back. Eight years. Eight, eight years. years. I, I should be but eight years. But I'll tell you this. I did. I was forced into therapy at a very young age. Oh, really? And was hated it. Hated therapy. Like wanted nothing to do with it. I got, uh, I still had to go, but you know, I come from a very waspy family. So they just sent me to therapy because I was fat and they were like, well, something must be wrong. And so they sent me to therapy. That's interesting. Yeah. They were like, she's eating too much. And, uh, they sent me in there. I was also having tr- a shitload of trouble in school and cause I just found it boring. Yeah. And if you're creative, uh, in the nineties, you had a disease, you know what I mean? They were yeah. like, we need to medicate this person. So, I was put on medication. I was sent to therapy. Um, I remember throwing a fucking fit going to therapy. And my mom was like, you know, it's your therapist. You can tell her how you feel. And so I go in and I told this therapist how I felt. I don't remember like what I said or anything, but she sent me out of the room. I remember this. She sent me out of the room. My mom went in. My mom comes out of the room like three minutes later and she goes, we're never going back. 
And I go, what happened? And she goes, you made the therapist cry. <laughs> oh my God. I was eight and I had made oh God. this grown <clears throat> woman cry, which, you know, part of me is like, obviously if an eight year old's able to do that, you shouldn't be a therapist. Right. Yeah. But oh, also, yeah, 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 definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. But also it's so in line with like, every time I've said how I really feel, I've hurt someone to the point of uh, where they're like, I never want to speak to her again. <laughs> like, it's like, I just, uh, I have an ability to like, really get it. Like, no, just no, really... I think you just, you don't, you see bullshit for bullshit and you kind of call people on their bullshit. And that's the problem is like, once you say that and it's true, you can't take it back because the yeah. person knows that you've just observed it. And you know, it's so funny because we've talked about this a couple of times and, and I think that's why there's a comedian, bleep his name out. Everyone will think, everyone will think is bleep this name out too. Everyone's going to think it. Yeah. Because I always make them bleep out name. Yeah. But it's, right? Okay. Yes. Very, very sensitive okay. dude. Similar. And yeah, very similar, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and he told me one time, he's like, you know, I just downgraded my car. I got a a, a Civic. And I went, hey, more pussy for me. And he went, huh? And I went, oh, you get a shitty car now. Right? Yeah. I get all the pussy. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, he got, he was like, why would you, why would you say that to me? And I was like, I was just joking. And he was yeah. like, very upset. And I was like, oh. Such a weird thing to, you, you know, such a weird button. But a lot, of, I think, I, can I tell you, I think what a lot of comics do, I think a lot of comics are friends with you until until the power dynamic shifts at, at some oh time. yeah yeah and yeah and then they're like fuck you yeah <clears throat> i think that happens a lot and i'm sure you'll witness that with your special i want to talk about your fucking special i gotta get <laughs> you out of here before fucking 10 o'clock at night <laughs> it can't be a four-hour fucking podcast let's do it let's go for four hours uh, where are we at almost three so where did you shoot your special i shot at zany's nashville love it love, love it, it. Love it, it, loved love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Okay, all they right. They were the best. Okay, and so I'm super particular about where you shoot a special because mm -hmm. it's that's really great. Joe Coy once told me, keep his name in the podcast. Mm -hmm. Joe Coy once told me, he goes, your next special, this is what I was about to do, Hey Big Boy. Yeah. He goes, it should be in an arena. And I was like, I remember going like, I think Joe thinks I sell more tickets than I sell. Yeah. And, and then I ended up doing about that number of people for the, the show's yeah. But I'm not at Joe's place. Joe's, I got to be honest with you, Joe's one of the fucking top guys doing it right now. He really is one of the top guys doing it. Mm -hmm. And he is doing two nights in arenas. Yeah. And the time he was doing one night, I don't know how many shows he shot in Hawaii when he shot a special. But for me, the comfort level was in doing it multiple shows. Yeah. But I do think there's something about doing an arena special that establishes you as like, just so you know, this is what I do. Yeah. Um, but I. But, That's what but, I want to do for my next special. Like, I want my next special to be in an arena because this one was so personal and like, yeah. you know what I mean? It was like there were people in. I mean, I start the whole thing off with people who don't know who the fuck I am. Yeah. And it's like, that's where I wanted to start. I was like, I'm not going to be able to do this again. Oh, let me. The, the, I'll tell you, the two sweet spots in stand up is when you perform in front of strangers and you get good at it. Yeah. Meaning. There's a time we all perform in front of strangers for a long time, but when you get good at performing in front of strangers, that's that's when you pop. That's yeah. when you pop is when you can make 
stranger fall in love with you. Yeah. I remember watching Dane Cook convert strangers to fucking followers. Followers. Like to Sufis. Yeah. And, and, and I'm telling you, I was bringing people to the church. I was like, you got to see this guy. He's yeah. so fucking good. Yeah. Um, Bill Burr. I remember being there when Bill Burr was doing that. Yeah. I remember watching Bill Burr convert strangers into fans with very aggressive material. Yeah. And then, and then the, the the real sweet spot is when you have fans. Yeah. Because then all of a sudden it's like they go. It's like being spoiled. It's like it's like getting the gout as a king. You're like, ah, oh, yeah. yeah, but I eat pretty good. But it's also the the benefit of stand up is that even if they are your fans, if it's not funny, they're not going to give a shit. They won't. It's not. Oh yeah, yeah, they'll yeah. They'll give yeah, you yeah. a little bit, but they're not going to like. If, yeah, but you get a shorthand. I remember. I remember Tom did. Uh, Tom did. Um, the laughing school one time and he was like i haven't performed in front of people that don't know who i am in a very long time right this is a w- few years back i went really and he goes yeah he's like i bombed and i was like for real and he was like yeah i think you know i think i can take swings with my fans that they go with yeah and i was like oh yeah the key is you got to perform in front of strangers yeah enough to know that you're still funny yeah but uh so you shot it in zanies um i shot it in zanies and uh i did it I was like, I brought in Aristotle Atheris, who's like, he uh, directed Eric Griffin's special and he directed Ian Edwards' special. I know that guy, Ian Edwards', uh, Ian, Ian Edwards special was fucking phenomenal. I know, incredible. That was an all things comedy production, I yeah. think. Yeah, yep. And it was, uh, and I I wish more people had seen it because it I I think a lot of people saw it, but I think he's one of the best comics. And, I, and I'm like, he's so fucking funny. And um, it was uh, Comedy Central, you know, before they did yeah. things online. I hope they put that special online so people can see it, you know. Yeah. But he... Uh, in, in Edwards is is one of the greatest comics. Yeah. A legit one of the best comics I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, agreed. There's a, there's a, there's a number. Uh, Mike Yard, uh, Mike B, Brooklyn mm-hmm. Mike, you know Mike B? Mm-hmm. Um, Mike B might be... There, there's so many goddamn fucking fucking really talented Russ Maneve. Yeah. There's so many amazing comics. Yeah. That I feel like sometimes people don't know about. Yeah. Chad Daniels. You ever seen Chad Daniels? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Motherfucker. Great. Really good. I mean, yeah. even the comics that I think are kind of blowing up right now, it's like there's so many different avenues and so many different audiences and things are breaking off into so many different like places. Oh, it, gets, it fucking pisses me off when someone hits me up and they're like, hey, man. You should have uh, you should have Chris DeStefano on your podcast, and I'm like, motherfucker, how the fuck? You, yeah, you think I don't know who Chris DeStefano yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. Like, are you fucking like? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, you should have. Yeah, I know who that have, is. You, have you ever heard of uh, Tim Dillon? And I'm like, bitch. Like, how yeah. about Joe List? And I'm like, oh mother. I know. It's, it it bothers me because I go, I'm, I've been fans of these guys for a long time. And and I don't mean to like toot my own horn, but like, you know, we've had those guys on our podcasts way back in the day. Yeah, all of us, Bobby Kelly, myself, uh, yeah. fucking. And the reason that it's it fuck it it kills me because I've fucking been I've been fans of these dudes forever. Yeah, but I've been pumping these dudes like going like you need to check this motherfucker out. Yeah, Mark Norman, I have been I take like, him with me anywhere I can. Shane Torres, Jesus Trejo, Steve Fury, Dave Williamson. Like yeah. I've been fans of these guys for fucking ever. Yeah, and they come to you and they're like, you know, you really haven't done enough. It's like I introduced you. <laughs> I, I part. I swear to God. I swear to God. I'm not even joking. 
I swear to God, when people say that about like certain people, mm-hmm. certain people, they go, dude, you got to have uh, Mark Norman on your podcast. Right. I, w- I really, honestly, I'm not even joking. I want to go. One of the <laughs> only reasons you know who he is is because of me. Right. Because I, he did my podcast. When was the first time Mark Norman did the podcast? It's, I mean, <laughs> and, and then I go, and then I go, and I, and, and, and Ari, I, I think, I think I, I knew Mark because of Amy way early but then all of a sudden he's great on a fucking podcast and by the way right. let's be re- very real mark norman was not great on podcasts when he started yeah he was not you listen to the first time he did my podcast and he's like ah, i'm not good at these things i don't know a story to tell yeah, yeah. i fucked my teacher one time and i'm like that's the story Jesus. and then and then all of a sudden he kills it on rogan yeah and you're like yeah you're looking at the farm league over here yeah fucking murdering it, it on it takes rogan. some time Dude, it the, takes yeah. some time. The, I'm, you know, I was lucky enough that the first podcasts I did were were were, were Rogan. Yeah, but it was like it was like finding the genre of like what we did. I, it wasn't radio. Right. It was like a three hour hang. Yeah. So it wasn't radio. It was just a hang, and it was like, and and I I picked it up. Me, Tom, Ari, Joey, you picked it up pretty quickly. Is like you just want to make each other laugh, right? Yeah. I mean, it's and it's one of those things that honestly, I think it kind of like kept my marriage alive a little bit because it was like we had to talk and we had to talk in a way that was like fucking it was really good. And also there's been fights that I've had with my husband on the podcast. Real fights. My manager's calling. Should I pick up? Is it Alex? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Hi, Alex. Hi, Rosie. How's it going? How did it go? I'm actually we're, we're still, still there. On. I'm still here. You're on the podcast. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. Um. <laughs> all right. Well, hello. And I kind of want to let you, you go because uh, it's important. So go back to the conversation <laughs> that you were having. And uh, I'll talk to you later. All right. I'll, uh, I'll talk to you Bye. later. Bye. Bye. He gets so nervous. Yeah. He gets so nervous. He's a great manager. He's such a great manager. He's a really great manager. And I I, I feel like I, I witnessed that better when he was an assistant. And I was like, this guy's going to be a fucking gangster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was on, I think he was on my manager's desk at the time. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, dude, I'd fucking sign with this guy. Yeah. Like just the way he ran things. He's just very forward thinking. Can I tell you why I fucking hired him? Is- I, I can tell you why. I just partied with him in Denver all weekend. This is, okay. I saw him at JFL. He was hammered i mean he would be so mad at me but he was hammered okay mm-hmm. and he was like so fucked up and i just it was like three in the morning and he was like i want to meet with you and i was like okay let's meet up yeah. tomorrow 11 a.m <laughs> i said 11 a.m because it was 3 a.m and he was trash and yeah. i said to myself if he remembers that he made an appointment with me and is there he's my manager because yeah. i know i'm not out here like getting trashed but he's gonna be doing it and I need someone who's going to be, you know, yeah. partying like that. And like, I can hang, I, I can hang late and I can have fun doing it. But like, there's something different about when you're getting drunk with someone, you feel closer to them. Yeah. You know? Oh, I, 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 I can tell you the reason I'm with Judy is I walked into a room. <clears throat> it was a general meeting at Levity. I was yeah. with another manager at the time and my manager and agent, when they pitched me, I just was like, I, that's not who I am. But I didn't, didn't right. want to say anything. Yeah. Judy sat, sat, I sat down and Judy said, um, let me explain who Bert is. 
and very quickly, it's very interesting, very quickly in one sentence explained who I was at, at the time. Like the, I'd go to meetings and I'd be like, Bart, Bert's this fucking lunatic party animal crazy guy. And I'm like, I have fucking two kids. Like, yeah. I mean, I still party and everything. Yeah. And I'm a lunatic crazy guy, but like, that's kind of first. It's like, I'm a dad. I yeah. am a dad. Yeah. And I'm a comic and and, it's, and everything's about joke. I write, I work hard. And they'd be like, you know, he's going to be out at the bars until four. And, I, and then Judy was just like, uh, so I, Judy cast me in, in my first TV show. And she was like, this is Bert. Let me explain him. And just said it in a sentence. And I went, fuck. The reason I'm at UTA, I sat down and uh, <clears throat> I was very candidly, Chris Hart said, uh, I'm a big fan of your podcast. And I went, I went, I had just come from a company. I won't say the name, but it rhymes with C-A-E. <laughs> um, See, hey. <laughs> and, uh, and they did not know that I was on television. <laughs> I was signed by and i went in to meet with my agents and the girl goes so our big goal this year is to get you on television and i was like i looked at my manager and my 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 agent that one i love matt yeah. frost i love him to this day yeah he was on the big screen and i just watched him go he was in new york on the big screen and he went fuck and i went <laughs> i go frosty we can see you and he goes this isn't starting good and he goes uh, i'm gonna jump in right now bert's uh, currently on travel channel he just signed a two-year deal, and they're yep. like, "Oh, oh, when did this happen?" And he's like, "Well, the papers were across your desk very recently." Yeah, and I just bailed, and then I walked into UTA, and Chris Hart. I remember ex the first thing he said is, "I love your podcast," and I went, "You know about the?" I remember thinking, "You know about podcasts?" Like, yeah. no one knew about podcasts. Right. I was like, "If you're listening to podcasts, you got your finger on the fucking dial, and yeah. you're never gonna ask me shit." Right. Chris Hart was at my uh, fucking Red Rock show. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's one of those things where I, I uh, like, I, I find the places that I don't excel and I want that in my team. Like I find the places where I'm, I don't necessarily see where, like who I am, you know, like you were saying, as yeah. you get older, you get to, you start to understand how people see you and how they receive you. Yeah. Alex got it. He knew like who I was and he knew exactly what my humor was and what my strengths were. So important. Cause I, I feel like I know you, but I don't get you. Like, I, I don't really yeah. get you. I don't, I don't, <clears throat> I, there's a parts of you that I don't get. And even as a comic, I usually get people pretty quickly. Like what parts like explain. I'm very curious about this. Um, I really want to know. I don't like, get you. I don't get you with the family thing. Like the family part throws me for a loop because you are someone that really honestly cuts through the bullshit very quickly, mm -hmm. which I would, I assume is, would register different. Right. Um, well, and, and, but I'm, but secret time, mm -hmm. I'm going through that shit right now. Personally. Are you? Yeah. So I, and, and I, I know who you are. I feel like I know who you are. Mm -hmm. So I don't see that in you. And then I go, part of it gives me hope that my daughters will turn out great. Yeah. Because I, I think you've turned out fucking phenomenally. Thank you. But, yeah. And, but as a, especially knowing that it was a kid that liked to smoke weed and liked to, and didn't, wasn't happy and was in therapy. I go, okay. Okay. Yeah. Here's where I'm at. Here's how, here's how I would describe it. I accept my family, right? Mm -hmm. I accept them, but I don't have to be close to all of them. You know, like I try to, uh, 
there's certain members of my family that I'll always be close to that I would love and that I would hang out with even if I wasn't family, mm -hmm. right? The rest of them, I, I don't think they understand me and I don't think I can make them see things the way that I see them. Like, uh, there's just a part of me that feels like trauma bonded to my family. From the death of your sister? Yeah, and my parents' divorce and the way that that was handled and how I kind of got, I, I, was, I went to college with no coping mechanism, no idea how to manage like this massive amount of grief Whoa. that was like- Oh wait, that happened right before you went to college. Right before I went to college. So all I knew how to do, or like the only way I knew how to deal with that was to like run from it, to like find a party and just fucking party. Is, and like, is, is the death of a sister as bad as I think it is? Yeah, it's worse. It's like, it is, it is as bad as you think it is. And also there's no way to describe it because it was, I mean, she was a child. So, so there was no bad parts to her. There was no bad parts to her. I mean, there wasn't even, in a lot of ways, I didn't even know her fully, you know? And my mother uh, went into obviously like shock and like just and my whole family just like fell apart, like mm. all in one year. And then I had to go off to live my adult life and I had no tools to manage that emotion, yeah. which is overpowering and like the amount of guilt that I had because it happened at a party that was for my graduation was like, I had to run as far away from my family as possible. And so when I'm around them, I still feel a little bit of that guilt and it's so toxic. And so, um, it leads me to act in ways that I, that I wouldn't normally, normally act. You know, like I'll say yes to things that I don't really want to say yes to. And I'll, because I'm like, if I say no, I could lose one of them at any given point. And I would feel this massive, uh, overpowering, oppressive guilt all over again. And so I kind of try to, I've tried to um, raise myself in a lot of ways. Yeah. I've tried to... Uh, I've done so much fucking work on just being my own adult, my own parent, you know? And yeah. um, because frankly, like my parents had me when they were 27, 28, which I, I look at now and I go, you were children. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Children. And, and and I think I missed out on a lot of the parenting that my siblings got. You know, uh, that makes total sense. You're the oldest, right? Yeah. That makes total sense. And I, I think, uh, yeah. There's this obligation that I feel to my family that reminds me of the guilt and the grief and the, and the pain of like going through that. So my reaction is to like rebel against them, to like get away from them. But I also love them and see the beauty and like how ridiculous they all are and am still very close to them in a lot of ways. Yeah. So it's like, it's, 
it's like a push pull thing. You know what I mean? When I, I can't really put it in. I think the reason why that's not something that is easily understood about me is like, I don't, I can't easily express it. You know, Well, you express it pretty clearly. I mean, like <laughs> I, that, that, that was, it's, it's been, um, you know, when we talk about anxiety and I, I'll, I'm going to lump in depression because mm-hmm. I definitely think I, I think I deal with that, but I, I deal with it. I deal with it very differently than anyone else would. And, but OCD, my OCD, oh, yeah. don't get me started this morning. My daughters, um, I hear them in the, in the making breakfast. Yeah. <clears throat> and I, and I, and I have a, a podcast at nine, it's seven 30. They're getting ready to leave for school. Yeah. I could definitely use another 45 minutes of sleep. Yeah. Um, but I, my OCD says, this is bizarre. Yeah. My OCD says, um, if you don't get up, go give your daughters kisses, then they'll get in the car three seconds earlier than they should. Mm-hmm. And they'll drive down the street and they won't miss that great red light. They'll catch the green and they'll get in a car accident. It's, and I, and I, and it's my, that biggest, is, yeah, it's my biggest fear. I talked to Robert Schimmel when I was younger. I, I, was friends with Robert Schimmel. I wouldn't say friends. There's people that were better friends than me and him. But um, Robert Schimmel was very kind to me. Yeah. And uh, and he lost, you know, Robert Schimmel lost his son very yeah. early. Yeah. And I just I just go, I don't know how you. Survive it. I don't know how you survive it. And and, and the loss of a sibling, any loss. Yeah. You know, even, you know, this sounds as, fun, as silly as this, as this may sound. When Kate Quigley and 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 uh and right uh the three other guys rico and Fu- fuquan i want to make sure i get everyone's name right and natalie i don't i didn't know them at all yeah um but <laughs> when they you know died this two weekends ago it affected me pretty heavily because I, I definitely snorted cocaine yeah and i've definitely done it at a party that i didn't think it was yeah. gonna matter anything and i connected immediately when ari drug me and i went and i went what if fentanyl was in that right i just died in my backyard yeah like and and you just think about that and it just it overwhelms you the fragility of life this fucking surgery yeah has been such a goddamn pain in my ass but more than anything it's made me hyper aware of just how fragile i am right yeah yeah i think um once you kind of grasp that fully it isn't something that's easy to accept or easy to move through. And um, we find different ways to like manage it, but it, it doesn't, grief is like so fucking tricky and depression and anxiety are so, it's all kind of like post-traumatic like shit. It's PTSD. So yeah. yeah, yeah, I believe that. I believe that. Yeah. Do you, um, this is a really off brand possibly horrible question <laughs> but i know you have tattoos and do when you see people with wait say tattoo again tattoo tattoos i say it fucked up sometimes <laughs> i know you have tattoos but like when <laughs> tattoos. you i say it's i say it, so what, i who i taught you to say it like nothing, that no i hold on i've said it right before the, that no, was the most on. hilarious <laughs> pronunciation of tattoo oh wait to hear me talk about ben affleck i know now, <laughs> There are certain words I there are certain words that you could argue I say all I say purposefully wrong. Yeah. And and there have been arguments made by friends 
But what has happened is the way you say a word is how you choose to say the word. And if you say it enough that way, it'll be stuck in your brain forever. Tattoos. Tattoos. <laughs> Tattoos, Beneflec, and, uh, and massage. <laughs> massage. What? Nightmare. Nightmare. Nightmare? Nightmare is how I say it. Nightmare. Wow. Nightmare. Beneflec. My husband says bagel. And I'm like, what the fuck that was that? Crazy. Now look, uh, uh, that's fucking. Where's I, he from? He's from Seattle. Bagel. Um, bagel. I, I think like, it, it adds a little personality onto you. Uh, uh, one of the ones, one of the raccoon? ones I do, raccoon, <laughs> raccoon, and and I in one of my specials, I'm, I, st- I said it silly on stage like that. I said yeah. raccoon, and I it made me giggle, yeah. and now I say raccoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, and then the other one's massage. I Misogyny. Say mas- massage. Massage. Oh, massage. Like you, like no, you get a massage. That is, I said that on the podcast the other day and, and, uh, but I was on Benadryl and, and I had gotten a massage. Now I can't say it right. Massage. I had gotten a massage. Massage. Say it was a massage. Okay. But I, but I pronounced it massage. And, uh, I was like, that's like when you, uh, when you're getting a massage, but they're saying misogynistic things to you. And they're just saying like, you have a small brain. Because, because your boobs are so big, all the blood goes to them. Oh. And I was like making up, we were making up like all these misogynistic that's things. Great. That's great. I'll tell you what a great podcast is. You ready for this? Yeah. Four mics, four comics, and you just go massage jokes. Let's hear them. Because yes. every comic has got a massage and every comic at some point has written a joke about getting a massage. Oh my God. My joke, yeah. my joke. Uh, I'm going to run through all my massage jokes. Okay. Um. This woman was so good. I don't think she had uh, fingerprints. That's how hard she rubbed. Uh, I love okay. getting massages from black women because I think they look at me and they're unattracted to me immediately. So they put a little extra effort because they're trying to get their my body away from them. They're like, oh, gross. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. They're literally pushing you away. Like, oh, come on. That's amazing. I love that. Mine is, mine is uh, that I'm not happy with a massage unless I have to go to a women's shelter afterwards. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Can I tell you what I said to my, my physical therapist yesterday? I said, I wish that you could put me under yeah. and massage me so hard yeah. that I woke up the next day and I was like, whoa, he really got in there. Yeah. Like I, fu- have you ever been Rolfed? <laughs> have you ever been Rolfed? I'm sorry. It was just the hard eye contact. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Have sorry. you ever been Rolfed? <laughs> Let me ask you something. Have you been rolfed? Have you been rolfed? No, I haven't. I don't think so. I feel like that's something you know if it happens to you. No, no, yeah, you definitely know. Uh, a rolfing <laughs> is is deep tissue massage where they go in with their knuckle, oh. and they really get in there. I mean, I they, think I have had that, but we did it. They we didn't did it call on, it that. We did it on the cabin. No, 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 no. You know if you did it. <laughs> it's not. There's no two. There's no splitting hairs on a rolfing versus a massage okay never at any point in a massage would you ever go i think i'm getting rolfed if you've been rolfed because when I, the guy i went well to, tell that to somebody <laughs> who's being molested <laughs> the, the, when i went to my massage i his name was don the rolfer yeah you can still find him don the rolfer he's a great fucking guy yeah he was on the cabin and he had a sign wait on the, wh- who was on this episode because i watched every episode of the uh cabin. uh was it Donnell? No, was it? I was Big J, um, 
Anthony Anthony Anderson and uh, oh, I didn't watch that episode. Yeah, <laughs> I thought so, I watched every episode. I'm sorry. And so he had a sign on the roof of his bill of his massage or his rolfing room, right? That said, uh, "Don't hesitate. Go to the light." Okay. And and five Jesus. minutes in, five minutes in, he goes, "Hey man, just so you know, uh, you can scream." And oh hell like, yeah! I was like, "For real?" And he was like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Okay." I always and want I them to tell me to do that. Screamed. Through the entire thing. So I had plantar fasciitis and he went through my feet. <laughs> I think about this sometimes. Yeah. I think about this. It's traumatic. It was definitely traumatic. Yeah. He went the, into the muscle right here on the shin. Yeah. Right here with his knuckle. Yeah. As hard as he could. Imagine someone scraping your, your shin with their knuckle. Oh. He went inside my foot. Oh. Inside my foot. The worst. The I, This is, this guy is so good. I want to go. Uh, he I he lives in Santa Barbara now. He came down, drove down for the for the cabin. I, I have gotta his go see him. He the best one he did. This was the the most intense. And by the way, he can do inside your mouth and do your jaw. What? He'll go inside your mouth and just open up your jaw. Oh, um, he the best one he did. So he does my feet and he goes, "Hey man, uh, what's going on with your back?" And I had legit shoulder problems scapular yeah. problems yeah and i and i told him i said nothing and he goes no 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 i can tell something's going on with your back yeah let me check it out and i went no yeah and he goes real quick yeah so he comes in and he starts looking and he goes all right let me just open you up on your shoulder Fuck. and so now i've done he's done my whole feet my legs both my feet and my legs i have plantar fasciitis which is the most, anyone with plantar fasciitis knows so it's painful. like it's the most painful thing just to walk, yeah. let alone to allow someone to get in there with their knuckle as hard as they can get Ugh. and open up the fascia. Jesus. So he does my scapula. He gets inside my shoulder, gets under my armpit, goes in and he goes, now, if you thought that other stuff was bad, this is really going to sting. And I swear to God, all I could think was he's giving me cancer. Yeah. I, I was like, this is how you get cancer. Because it hurts so bad. It hurts so fucking bad. I would have had the opposite reaction. I would have, I would have been like, this is how you cure yourself of cancer. <laughs> it was so aggressive. If you're screaming through the whole thing, you're getting it out, right? I was screaming. I was sweating. I was soaking wet. Oh. Soaking wet, sweating. And uh, and I got done and I could walk and my back didn't hurt. I would do anything. to Not just to do that myself, but to have Andy go do that. Because... I think men in particular keep things in their bodies so much, like their, oh, their feelings. I, I, and their, I, that's so accurate. Yeah. Like they are just, if you talk to any man, they're just like, they're just a bundle of like worn down bones and like their, their muscles are wrapped up in like fucking like yarn balls. Yeah. You know, I think, I really think that, you know, look, obviously everyone knows I love Joe rogan he's one of my favorite human beings alive and has been for a very long time yeah there and there's but i will i i have to preface that with like you know look a lot of the shit i hear joe talk about on the podcast i i'm like i fucking <laughs> laugh hysterically at but there are some certain things that joe preaches that i stand by up and like across the board yeah and and the number one thing is exercising getting out the demons and and yeah fuck, exercising does include increase your serotonin and i know dudes who don't exercise and i watch them deal with shit and i go man i wonder if joe is 
so on the nose. Like if in 40 years, they're going to go, oh, guys, it was just exercise. Right. It was, we just learned it was just like the way that they look at smoking and they go, guys, that doesn't, you know, when, when, when Teddy Roosevelt was a child, he had asthma and his dad would force him to smoke cigars because that was supposed to help your asthma. Yeah. And then one day they're like, oh, that actually does the opposite. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, never mind. Don't do that at all. So stop. But I do think this too. I think that men will exercise to get the demons out, but they don't actually like you to get a demon out. You have to cry. At one point, you have oh, to cry. I cried today. I cried today. And I don't think enough. I don't think enough men do it. I cry. So I cried at Red Rocks. I cried three times. Yeah, three times on stage. You seem like you might cry at a sunset. Like I do. I yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. I cried today. I cried today, three times. Yeah. I, I, that's so fucking crazy. But I'm also in a really vulnerable spot, spot because I'm I I am coming off of a very I had a real bad anxiety day. Yeah. And so I'm coming off of that. Yeah. So today I cried. Um, I get a text obviously from my team and they're like, Hey man, you get, I, I, I don't know what the, I don't know what the exact word verbiage was, but you know, a lot of people are asking why you haven't posted about norm. Yeah. And then I was like, I was like, I, I don't, it, it's, it's interesting because part of me was like, you know, when we talked about this already, but part of me is like, I don't need to share everything with you guys. Yeah. But I realized in not sharing, I also didn't share how I felt about him. Yeah. And so I, I'll get emotional right now. But I, I wrote I wrote four or five voice texts yeah. on Instagram and and got rid of them all and got very emotional and cried during during it. Yeah. Going like he meant a great deal to me. Just because yeah. he was so kind to me. He was so nice to me. You know, when I did run into him, he was always just the way he was so generous. Yeah. And I and I just he was just a very sweet, sweet man. Yeah. And he was so goddamn funny. But I cried like three times doing yeah. that. And then Leanne and I got uh, a thing today. Like Leanne and I are, Leanne and I, I don't know if it's been announced, but Leanne and I are doing a, a movie. Oh, nice. And and we got our our first thing. Yeah. And we were like, uh and that's and I, so great. Yeah, and it's and it was just so good that like three times in it I cried. I started crying. Leanne didn't see. My kids make fun of me brutally yeah yeah brutally yeah and so but yeah but I, i'm <coughs> i'm pretty cool crying i i love it when when men are good at crying like i uh i don't there's there's always a part of you that wants to make fun of a man who's crying as a woman. Oh. you always want to make fun of them but i really do think that it's like the, dude andy Andy did the most fucked up thing to me the other day. So Andy never cries. I've never seen him cry. And he was really going through it. And he, he like opened up to me. He started really crying, right? Like really sobbing in front yeah. of me. And, and it was like awkward. And we, you know, when you don't cry a lot, it comes out and it's like, uh, it's, it's like all diarrhea. Twisted. Yeah. It's like, so when you he, don't do it a lot, it's yeah. like, I, the analogy I have is it almost crying like, for men is like when women shit their pants. Yeah. It's, I shit my pants. I go, oh, I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and and when a woman shits her pants, she's like, oh, my God, my day's ruined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, ah! Like, it's like, yeah. I have to kill myself. <laughs> like, it's this, he, he started crying in front of me. And I, like, I literally started, like, rubbing his head. I was like, that's so, I was like, this is so good. I love you. You're, it's going to be okay. And then he it immediately shut off and he turned and he goes, I wasn't fucking crying. And I go, what? What? Like, cause I was going to cry yeah. watching him cry. And I, I was like, did you just fucking prank me? 
And he goes, no, I really was crying, but I wanted to see what happened. Oh my God. Holy shit. It was so shit. psychotic. I was like, what is wrong with you? Oh. How could you do that to me? You did the best. It was so fucked up. Best cry I've ever had. You ready for this? Yeah. Best cry without a fucking doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, uh, we're, we're rebuilding our old house. We're yeah. We're redoing it. And the girls aren't cleaning up their room. Mm-hmm. They're not cleaning the room. And just construction starts the next fucking day. Right. And Leanne's like, God damn it. You need to go in and get the girls. Put a fire under their ass. Yeah. So I go in and I I say, girls, come on. We got to fucking do this. And Georgia says, can you, can you, can I talk to you for a second? Mm-hmm. Georgia is maybe, when do you think this is, Halston? She's got to be like 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she sits me down in her bed. I'm not going to get emotional. I promise you I won't. But like you definitely I, will. I no no no. I, I actually won't. I actually won't. <laughs> she sits me down in her bed. She goes, "I need one more day with this room." And I said, "What do you What do you mean, baby? We start construction tomorrow." Like I'm in go mode. Yeah. She goes, "Daddy, all my childhood was spent in this room. This is my room. All my memories are in this room. And when they tear that down, all my memories are gone." Oh and God. I'm like, "Holy shit!" Oh my God. And she says. Daddy, just give me one more day in this room. And I get start going like this. And she goes, I don't want to lose this room, Dad. And she starts fucking crying. She goes, I don't want to lose this room, Daddy. I don't want to lose this room. I don't want to lose my childhood. I don't want to grow up. And then she starts crying. She can see that I'm holding it back. She <laughs> says to me, it's okay, Daddy. You can cry. Oh, my God. Oh, my fucking I God. Sob. I start sobbing crying. <laughs> and we hold each other in her bunk bed. She's 10 years old. We hold each other in her bunk bed, just sobbing, crying. Aww. I walked out of this room. I go, fuck construction. We tell them when we start construction. We go, one, we give them a week in this goddamn room. Yeah. We're not losing shit. Fuck this. I got Yeah. <laughs> I yes. Angry. That is the little brain inside that person that just, I drive nuts right now. Like yeah. I, Whatever representation I make of, of society, like she just is like, it's not, uh, you know, it's, it, I, we're doing so good right now. We're doing so good right now that yeah. like I feel like she's been so good to yeah. me since Colorado. Right. Um, but like she was that fucking little brain. Yeah. When she said, Daddy, it's okay, okay, you can cry. Dude, I can't tell you how good it is to I wish I had a dad that cried in front of me. Like I I wish I could have had that. There's like that alone is going to be so fucking good for her because yeah. when you grow up with a dad that is like, you know, my dad was an emotional Fort Knox. Like there wasn't, you couldn't get in there Yeah, and you still can't get in there. Really? Like, no, I mean, he, he's gotten better as he's gotten older, you know, and his testosterone's yeah. slowly draining out of his body. But like, it's not, um, he still is like pretty stoic. And uh, I wish I was more like that. I mean, I didn't seem, I, I saw my dad cry once when my sister died once. Really? Yeah. And I know that it happened. I know it happened more than that. Oh, it definitely but, did. But he, he didn't, he just didn't cry. Like he just didn't do it. 
And <laughs> I can't tell you how good it would have been for me to see him uh, emote because there was this sense of if you cry in my house, you are taking up room that you don't, that other people need, you know, like you're you're taking up, you're taking all the emotional energy out of the room. Oh, because there's so many of you. Because we're all trying to keep it together. And there's a thing about men. I used to say to my wife, crying is for people who don't know how to talk. Yeah. And she would be like, no, that's not accurate at all. And I was like, no, it's when women don't know how to use their words, they go to crying. (laughs) And she was like, no. And I remember one time telling one of my daughters, I think it was Georgia or fucking who knows what I said or how I said it. But it was something similar to, do you know who didn't cry on on 9-11? Condoleezza Rice. Because she's a fucking gangster. And if you want to fucking run this country, you better fucking learn how to suck that shit up. And I was like, my wife's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> All right. It's almost 10 o'clock. We should wrap this up. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, I'd love to bring you inside and introduce you to my girls. Yeah. My I'd love to. There, yeah. Um, who everyone's in their fucking rooms these days. Yeah. Um, but wait, let's real quick talk about the special. You shot it in Nashville. Shot it in Nashville. Um, it was my first special ATC, 800 pound gorilla, um, Aristotle, theorists, um, uh, comedy central. They all, contributed to make it happen. Um, it was in March of 2021, middle of COVID, uh, vaccines weren't, they were, they existed, I think, but they weren't out. Oh, really? Did people have to wear masks? People did not have to wear masks. We did it 75% capacity. Yeah. And we, and they were like, we've never heard of it. Um, they're like COVID. Yeah. What? Uh, they were doing bachelorette parties and shit. It was just like, whatever. DL Hughley was there the night before you. Yeah, Yeah. 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 I was like, sure. Put me up. And, um, And it was really like the craziest thing because I did it. uh, It was right after this like experience of like a miscarriage that I'd had. And I, I was like, when I initially was like, I want to do this special. I was like, I want to do this because I'm going to be pregnant and I'm going to have a kid and I'm not going to have time to like do comedy. And I went and I was like, I was doing the road by myself. This was a week after all of this happened. Oh, wow. Doing the road, one-nighters across the Midwest, literally feeling like, what the fuck is the point of any of this? And and I was like, yeah, it was just like, why am I doing this? Snow everywhere, sobbing in the car, driving from gig to gig. And I was like, like, fuck this. But but then I got there and they and Zanies had totally transformed the club. It looks like well, I think they did. They had to because a car ran into it. Yeah, well, that yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they took the sign down. They made it. They made the curtain look red. I had this. I really wanted like a deep red curtain, and they made it happen. It's funny, it doesn't look like Zany's. It looks beautiful. It looks kind of to me. It looks a little bit like Largo or something like a like a version of Largo. Like it just looks like a small theater to me when I watch it. Looks it looks great. It looks fucking great. And that's exactly what I wanted. I wanted it to look almost like a cabaret kind of setting. Um, they put in these practical lights that I wanted and I just... Uh, How hard did it take to figure out what you were going to wear? So you know, that's part of the reason I don't wear a shirt. Yeah, I mean, I think I picked what I was going to wear and was just like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. And I think I had to go that way because I was like... And there's it's so funny because I should have thought about it more because... That is the main thing that people, when you are a comic, they just, they talk about your outfit so much. And you're like, 
if you don't shut the fuck up about my outfit, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to wrangle. I'm just going to wring everybody's necks. I like it. It's nondescript. It's not, it's not overtly sexual. Yeah. It's just like, it's like if Louie had, if Louie had a better body, what he'd wear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of, I always just want to wear something. It's like, there's nothing really to it. Um, but people will find a way to like, they're like, oh, she looks like a mom in the nineties. And I'm like, well, I look like that no matter what. I think, yeah. I think I look like that, whether I'm wearing that outfit or this outfit. So that doesn't really. Is that your mom? Hmm. Is that your mom? That is my mom. My mom is a golden. She Catholic? She's a golden retriever. No, she's not. Why? Is she, she wearing looks, a cross? No, she just looks like I'd be related to her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's Nanny B. She's a painter. And she's like. She's, that's fucking She's great. an incredible artist. Um, But anyway, so. So it's on. It's, it's on, on YouTube, YouTube right now. You can go watch it. It's like the jokes are dark. If you don't like dark jokes, I don't is know what to tell you. there a link in your bio? There sure is. There sure is. You can go to my Instagram, Rosebud Baker. Out three weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. I can't wait to fucking, I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, it's, I've seen, it's I've out seen now. The bits. I've seen the bits. Just so I make sure that people know it's out no, now. It's out right now. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It's out now. I've watched, I've watched clips on on Instagram, which yeah. are great, Thanks. but I love watching a special. I love me too because you can learn a lot from watching the way people start a special. You can learn the number one thing I learn is like certain things with wardrobe flaws. Yeah, where you go, ah, oh, those shoes are right. the wrong shoes. Yeah, no, never wear like that type of shoe. Yeah, or, if you're getting too distracted by the outfit, I think my outfit uh, was still distracting. Somehow, no, it wasn't. Your your outfit's great. Mm, I like I it. I but like it. Next time, I will wear just like a white T-shirt and jeans, and that is what I'm going to wear. Like I already decided what I'm going to wear for my next special. I, so I remember critiquing someone uh, who was doing Kill Tony mm -hmm. and she was wearing a white t-shirt with no bra. Yeah. And I, and I, and I was just said, Hey, just so you know, like it's super distracting. Yeah. And she got really feminist on me. She was like, yeah, it's my body and I'll do whatever I want to do with my body. And I was like, that's fine. Just telling you as an audience member, I can see your nipples and I'm, and that is what I'm looking at. Like, it's, right. and if you're doing comedy, you don't want, she was like, you perform shirtless. And I was like, Good point. Good <laughs> fucking point. I was like, God damn it. I go, maybe you're not funny enough then. Yeah. I was like, they, my nipples seem not to distract anybody, but yours are definitely distracting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like, well, fucking you nailed that's it. A great, uh, <laughs> that's a great way to hit her back though. Yeah. Um, but well, congratulations on the special. Thank you. The podcast is Find Your Beach. Yep. Find yep. Your Beach. You do it with your husband. It's yep. done weekly. Yeah, me and, and Andy Haynes. And, uh, and, and hopefully you'll be on tour with me. I would fucking love that okay uh, well i we just talked and about I it promise today. i'll be fun you're gonna be fun Don't i'm a worry. fun person no i mean we, i know that the way that i just said that was terrifying i'm gonna be so fucking fun <laughs> <laughs> but that that would be a blast it'll be a fucking blast yeah well here we'll uh i'm gonna piss let's go inside i'll introduce you to my wife great see if the girls are awake but congratulations thank you great. thanks for having me of course this is great This episode was brought to you by The Machine.